0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Video Game Logic. Today's show was recorded on March the 27th, 2018. I'm your host, gaming psychologist, and with me, as always, with the highest class of humor...
1: Caffeine Rage.
0: On today's show, we will, of course, be discussing the games that we played this week... We're going to be going over the March Game Club, which is Torchlight 2. We're going to be discussing our next Game Club game. Atari's empty box reveal at GDC. GDC's realistic talk about game sales on Steam. EA is hiring for an open world Star Wars game. Microsoft is banning offensive language from Skype and Xbox. We'll have our weekly Community Corner and our Steam Weekly Discovery Queue. Timestamps will be in the show notes following their respective topics. Hello, Rage. How are you today?
1: Uh, I'm a little sore. I slept on my shoulder a little wrong and it's been, well, turning you on, but that's hardly uh, saying anything whenever I groan uh, stretch. It's just it's just those noises you
0: make. They just oh, they get me all, all riled up.
1: Like I said, uh, hardly anything new for you.
0: I am doing pretty swell myself. I had uh, quite a bit of Mexican food for dinner, so we'll see how many breaks we have to take tonight. But uh, yeah, See, I
1: usually eat light before the podcast, and you you have the toilet destroyer combo.
0: Not always, but I do always eat heavy before the podcast because, for me, the podcast happens after dinner.
1: Yeah, for me, it's lunchtime. Yeah,
0: and they say that dinner should be a lighter meal, but in traditional american i don't know americanism fuck medical science and research and i'm gonna eat a big ass dinner
1: uh well to be fair you know light meal for the american cuisine isn't exactly a small meal these days that's fair but uh, i've been trying to uh, watch my what i eat a little bit more and looking around at just nutrition labels there's some fucked up shit, because it uh, a lot of the things that you would eat in one go, that will split into two or three servings to drop the uh, calorie count. Yep. Gotta be careful about that. Or, uh, even worse, is uh, trying to do a little bit of research, and there's a lot of bullshit out there, uh, and just woo and bunk when it comes to, uh, yep, just nutritional info. Yo, gotta watch out for the chemicals, uh, the toxins. And and welcome to the food portion of the podcast. (laughs) I love chemicals and toxins. Yeah, they're delicious. Uh, Or or probably my favorite one is people uh, complaining that you shouldn't eat food that doesn't rot. Okay, so you you don't want beef jerky or what about honey? Honey doesn't rot. Ever. Yeah, honey doesn't spoil. If you follow that logic, that's the only thing you can eat,
0: right, honey? Because beef jerky can go bad after a while it lasts you know it's got a long sh- shelf life but it does eventually go bad yeah honey just crystallizes
1: and then you can heat it up and it'll become honey again yeah but see you're not supposed to eat anything that doesn't rot which i realize is a double negative but yeah eh. uh, there it's basically going against modern chemicals in the food uh, for lack of a better term Uh, Modern preservatives, because that'll uh, kill you and give you cancer, never mind the fact that everything gives you cancer.
0: Oh. Yes. Being alive gives you cancer. Kind of like one of the games that I played this week.
1: (laughs) Yeah? Yeah? Well, well, why don't you go first, since you have the segue? All right. Because this is going to be fun.
0: Right. So, I played sea of thieves this week
1: uh, are you sure you could say you played um experienced <laughs>
0: i looked at sea of thieves this week <laughs> but i have to pause because katie just texted me and says that i'm needed oh so, my one moment please or maybe two moments
1: Not huh, quick huh
0: uh, that, that trip to go take care of my son was more exciting than all the time I put into Sea of Thieves. <laughs> <laughs> See, I got two segues in since I had to stop. So, yes, Sea of Thieves came out this week, and because it uh, is part of Xbox's new program where all of their first-party titles release onto the, what's it called, Xbox Game Pass, which is their subscription service where oh, the no, you get Oh, no, it sounds like you to- wanted to pass on it. Yeah, where you get access to uh, over 100 Xbox titles throughout all of their generations. Like, it goes all the way back to original Xbox. Um, And I had a two-week free trial, so I was like, why not? Why not try it? Um, Especially after I had seen, like, the first early reviews uh, saying some negative stuff about it. But all of the podcasts that I'd listened to who had played it in... Uh, beta and alpha had said mostly positive things about it. So I was like, Oh, well, this is interesting. I wonder, wonder,
1: I wonder which what it the, is.
0: Yeah. Which it is. Uh, and it's bad. It's real bad. Um, <laughs> before I get into it, I will make one caveat. This game is designed to be played primarily as a multiplayer experience. And for most of my time playing it, I played single player. I put in about five hours total, Uh, I played three hours solo, about an hour in the random party queue system they have. It's not really matchmaking. Uh, It's just like a party finder. And then one of my friends from high school that I'm still friends with on Xbox Live because I've never ever cleaned out my friends list was like, hey, I don't know if you remember me or not, Jared, but I see that you're playing a game and I too have this game. Would you like to play together and catch up? And so I spent an hour playing with Ryan. And, uh, Ryan, if you're listening, uh, fuck you. Oh, my. For, for, for old time's sake. We're, uh, Ryan and I are good friends. Or we were good friends. Now we're reconnected acquaintances?
1: I, I don't know. This, this is the first oh, time I've had one you're, of these experiences. you trying to uh, hook up with them, so.
0: Yeah, fair, fair play. Fair play. Um, but yeah, fuck you, Ryan. Uh... So, with that in mind, people have been comparing uh, No Man's Sky to Sea of Thieves, and I kind of see where they're coming from, but to be fair, the comparison's not apt, because at launch, No Man's Sky had way more things to do than Sea of Thieves. Uh,
1: yeah, that's was how the entire uh, spectrum of their color palette, right?
0: Yeah. That's how boring and shallow sea of thieves is i have a pros and cons list or a positives and a negatives list however you want to think about it there's three items on the positive list and there are 10 items on the negative list we're going to start with the good stuff we'll get that out of the way real quick and then we'll move on to the bad stuff so the good things about sea of thieves it's got a really interesting art style um they they did go stylized for uh, like characters and some of the stuff in the environment. But it's got this really interesting realism to it as well for a lot of the inanimate objects. It's really difficult to explain. And you would think that it would um, clash thematically, but I don't know how they've worked it together. But the art style is, is really interesting and unique, just how it blends realism and cartoonish um almost caricatures of pirates and people from uh, the 16th, 17th century, you know, roughly in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it just was really neat. Um, and I had seen a lot of the beta stuff and the like the E3 footage and whatnot, and that really focused a lot more on the cartoony aspects of the game, not taking any time to really go and just like look at the textures. You know, there weren't any wall, wall lickings or anything like that. So you didn't really pick up on that realism aspect of it, but I thought it was nice and it, it worked really well. Uh, that's one of those things that I think devs have been getting better at over the years, just because, uh, of console games. And this game is primarily developed for Xbox one and Xbox one X. And then they released it on PC as well through the Microsoft or the windows store, um, as part of their play anywhere program. So that was nice to see. Uh, and as sort of an extension of that, but it was so good, I put it as a separate point. The water looks amazing. Not only in terms of its actual look, um, it looks like water from the Caribbean in color and in texture. Um, I've been to the Caribbean a couple of times. Um, But it also looks like real water in the way that it flows and the way that waves go up and down and break across... uh, for example, the bow of your ship, or beaches, or uh, harbors and things. They nailed it. Um, this is probably the best video game water I've ever seen. And props for that, because water is difficult to to map and requires a ton of processing power to to get to work right. So,
1: Well, when you know. they uh, don't put any content in the game, they have extra processing power, it seems. Indeed, but but credit
0: <laughs> credit where credits do I'll give them that on water uh and then when it comes to the actual sailing mechanics <coughs> this is the third positive thing the last positive thing the sailing mechanics are awesome they're the appropriate mix of realistic but also video game um logic arcadey uh so you can do things like sail directly into the wind. Um, if you don't give a shit about learning the actual, uh, finer points of sailing, uh, and and it lets you do that. You move slower. Like you take a movement penalty for sailing directly into the wind. Um, but you know, they'll let you do that. They'll let you, um, if you're sitting still, they'll let you slowly turn your ship around so that you don't run aground or something like that. Uh, which is nice for, you know, again, if you don't want to learn the finer points of sailing, but, uh, well, they I'm sure have... that they
1: teach you, right? Right? I, I know the answer to this, by the way. <laughs> we'll get to that.
0: Uh, the finer points of sailing, though, for example, tacking. In case you're unaware, uh, well, first of all, sailing, hydrodynamics, and aerodynamics are very similar. Um, and there's this process in sailing called tacking, which is a way that you can sail into the wind. Um, you don't directly sail into it, you sail at an angle, but it utilizes. Uh, the exact same properties that wings do to create lift. And essentially you turn your sail into a vertical lifting body so that you're pulling the ship along by the differences in pressure uh, caused by the wind moving over the sail. Um, And then you use the keel on the bottom of your ship. You angle that appropriately so that you don't get pulled sideways. You get pulled forward. And you can do that and move much faster into the wind as opposed to just you know, going with video game physics and sailing directly into the wind. And then obviously, if you fill the wind with your sails, you get a nice little speed boost as you're going along. But the sailing is is really intricate and in-depth. You do have to angle your sails manually. You have to raise and lower your sails manually. Um, Sometimes it's better to actually have more raised sails based on weather conditions. There's storms and things like that. And if you sail into a storm with your sails fully extended, you run the risk of flipping your boat over and then it sinks. And that's no bueno.
1: Yeah, that's a long swim.
0: Yes, it's a long sail. It's an infinite swim. Um, But uh, yeah, that's the, the sailing is pretty good. Pretty good indeed. And then it all falls apart. So, you're playing Sea of Thieves, you start playing Sea of Thieves, and the three things that I mentioned above keep you somewhat to mildly interested for around an hour, and then you're like, okay, well, what is there to do in this game? And we will start from the beginning. When you launch the game, when you quote-unquote create your character, there are zero customization options, period. Period. There's a little randomizer you can hit that will give you uh, six six pirates to choose from, and you can hit the randomizer and you'll get six new pirates. But after I hit the randomizer about four or five times, I started to see the same pirates from before. So no character customization, no character creation. You just pick one of the random pre-designed options, which... Not the worst thing in the world. I could live with that if most of the rest of the game was better. Then you're given a choice between two ships. There is the Galleon, which is a larger ship that's designed to be played with three or four players, and there is the Sloop, which is a small ship designed to be played by one or two players, but really they mean two, because playing this game solo sucks balls. Then beyond that, there is no character progression. Zero character progression at all you there's no RPG sort of leveling up there's no um, skill unlocks there's no nothing what you start with is what you have for the entire game and you do earn rewards for completing missions you earn gold uh, which lets you buy cosmetic items uh, and you earn reputation which unlocks more difficult missions to play which gives you more gold but there's no progression At all. Uh, And the cosmetics are ridiculously overpriced. The cheapest cosmetics take about 10 missions, 10 completed missions to get, uh, which if you were playing with four players, this is a little bit of an estimate, but if you're playing with four players and your ship wasn't constantly being sunk by other players, which it is, but, you know, in a miracle world where where that doesn't happen, that would take you about... Three hours of gameplay, two to three hours of gameplay to get those low level cheap cosmetic items at like the 1500 to 2000 gold mark. And there are cosmetics in this game that cost like 100,000 gold.
1: Well, I'm sure that there's microtransactions to make up for this.
0: There's not yet, but there's going to be. I believe they said that they were not going to put microtransactions in the game until the three month mark. I don't know if anyone will be playing this game in three months, but, (laughs) I mean, the
1: economy... Well, I wanted to ask you a question, because I've been poking around on this, uh, especially after your initial complaints that that I've heard, Uh, uh, primarily on Twitter, but also playing a bit together uh, over the last couple days. Yep. And there's been some people saying that, well, for one, that this is an early access game in disguise, but the other uh, kind of defenders of this game when they are, they do exist, which is a little surprising, but I, honestly not that really, is that this is more of a pen and paper RPG in a game, where you make your own game in the game. And what are your thoughts on uh, people defending the game, on it being a built as a sandbox solely, without much content, and you are the content? Okay. Maybe. Um, but the thing is that they don't bill it like that on the marketing. They bill it no. as an RPG. and Well, technically it's an RPG, but it doesn't have any RPG systems in it.
0: Right. Yes. Uh, that's what I was going to say. I, technically, I could see someone being like, yeah, you're supposed to make your own fun and be a pirate and put your own stuff together. And okay, sure, that's fine, but there's no tools, there's no gameplay elements, there's no real questing or missions, I'll talk about missions in a minute, but they're not really missions, at best they're fetch quests. Yeah, which is a
1: little disappointing because the big thing that they showed at uh, E3, I believe it was, uh, the... uh Puzzle missions where you go through and have to solve riddles and that sort of thing. They're, yeah, they're those don't not, exist. They don't exist at all?
0: They're not in the game at all. Uh, I, I that, can... Was that
1: just cut or was that bait and switch?
0: I don't know. I didn't follow development of this game enough to really know. Yeah,
1: To be fair, I, I was interested in it. It, you know, it was more, more of a curiosity for me than anything else because this is a co-op focused game. So I didn't follow it that closely, but yeah, I thought it was interesting. Yeah. I'll go ahead and talk about the quests since
0: we just brought those up. Um, there's really only one type of quest in the game, but you there's three different ways you go about the fetch quest. Uh there are three factions in the game that each offer three different and I'm making air quotes types of quests. Uh one of them is for some sort of like trading company. Think like you know, the East India Corporation or something like that, where that they want you to, and this is every single one of these quests, I swear to God, I recycled, or I, I dumped through a bunch of them and then looked up online to see if you got different quests at higher levels. You you get a animal cage, and there are different cages for different animals. You can get chickens, pigs, or snakes. You take the cage, you put it on your ship, you sail to any island, Try and track down the chicken or pig or snake. You capture it in the trap, you put it on your ship, and you bring it back. Sometimes they ask for multiple animals, or sometimes they ask for specific colored animals.
1: Oh, God. But but
0: those are the quests for those guys.
1: Okay, well, Uh, it looks like that the puzzle quests are and the riddle quest and that sort of thing are more side quest and they aren't directly given they're uh, found and you get a a riddle that you have to solve. Okay. So, so uh, it, they do exist but they're a rarity.
0: Okay. So the second type of quest are the treasure hunting quests which are really the treasure digging quests. You there's this other group that want you to bring treasure to them and they will tell you there's treasure on this island. Uh, here's a map, the treasure is roughly in this place on the island, and it's highlighted on the map. You sail to the island where the treasure is, dig in the highlighted area until you find the treasure chest, put that on your ship, take it back, and give it to the guy. Quest complete. Then there's the third type of quest, which is there's this weird, like, cult, or something, like a voodoo-type cult, uh, and they want you to hunt down and kill skeletons. And you're like, awesome, combat. But what it is, is you go to an island where they tell you some skeletons are, you kill the skeletons, you collect the the shiny skeleton skull that is, like, from the leader, you bring that back, and you turn it in. And those are the only type three types of quests in the game until you get to the end game, which is something about going and fighting the Kraken. And I looked that up, and there's not actually a Kraken. Uh, they're just tentacles that pop out of the water, and if you swim down into the water, there's no Kraken. <laughs> and you shoot the tentacles with your ship, and you kill the Kraken. And that's the end game, after like eighty levels of progression.
1: And here I thought you would be excited about tentacles.
0: Not, nope, not like this. So yeah, that was one of my one of my negative points: boring, repetitive quests. Oh, okay,
1: another question for you. This may pop up another uh, one of your points. We'll, we'll see. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I think this is more interesting. You're fine. Uh, do you think this suffers from being a YouTuber slash a uh, Twitch streamer bait game where? It's more focused on the personalities of the gamers, and they decided to build off that instead of putting content into the game. That is difficult to say. I mean, I realize I... this is closer to uh, the whole idea of a pen and paper uh, style game once again, but uh, th- this just keeps seem- uh, seeming like, well, the term I used before for this is PewDiePie baked. I would
0: solidly classify that as a maybe. Um there's so little in this game like streamers have to have s- something to be able to go off of or they're just going to be sitting there talking about whatever which I get that some people like that and that's, you know,
1: I mean it works for us. That's
0: just a that's just a style. Yeah, but most streamers have something that they're doing. About the only thing that I could think of that would be fun to watch is if you're watching A crew of Twitch streamers who are actively pirating other players. That's about the Uh, only time uh, the game gets right. Yeah, that's about the only time the game gets mildly interesting is when you're fighting pirates and you manage to not get ganked immediately. Uh, But we'll, I'll get to that. the The next point that I skipped over to go talk about quests because there was a good segue was that there are absolutely no tutorials in this game at all for anything. Um there are a number of gameplay skills that just sort of transfer intuitively because it is a first person game so the combat plays out how you would expect it to in a first person game and interacting with things plays out how you would expect it to in a first person game but if you are not if you're someone who saw this and was like ooh pirates i like pirates and are not a big video game player you're going to be lost it took me like 15 minutes to figure out what i was supposed to do uh at the very like at the very beginning of the game you wake up in a tavern and you've got this like mysterious map in front of you and you pocket it and you stand up and that's it there's no tooltips there's no hints on the ground there's no quest that pops up you can go talk to a couple of NPCs that are in the bar but they don't tell you anything helpful they're just like you can just be like hey how's the grog here and they can be like oh it's good great I'll see it. It's
1: well rendered. It's uh, the best grog outside of uh, Final Fantasy XV rendered in video gaming.
0: <laughs> and then you walk outside and you spawn on random different islands. Every time you die, um, you spawn on a random island. So I did. All of the islands that you spawn on, as far as I know, are available from the start. And there's no map, there's no nothing that you can pull up and look at the only map that you have is actually on your ship to view the entire sort of area where all the islands are in -hmm. the ocean um and then when you're given like a quest map it's an like a physical item that you pull out and you look at sort of minecraft style or whatever where the map is you know you actually look down you've got your map um so you don't know where anything is on the island you don't get any text that says go find so-and-so to get your first quest I just sort of started walking around and talking to everybody, thinking, surely someone will give me something. And then eventually I stumbled on one of the people that gives quests. Uh, and I got my first quest and had to figure out the entire system uh, without any tooltips or Well, I'm glad tutorials. that they at least teach,
1: you, teach you how to sail.
0: <laughs> yeah, I had to figure out how to sail without that either. And there was a lot of trial and error in that. um, And a lot of ganking. Um, yep. There was ganking, um, a lot of ganking. I'll talk about that in a minute too. So the sailing, using it the first time, like I said, it feels is real, fairly realistic based on what I know about sailing. Um, I have been on a sailing boat, but I have never sailed a boat myself, so I don't exactly know how sailing, you know, works from a, an experience perspective, but it... Seemed fairly intuitive to me. I had to fumble around with it for a little while and figure out the intricacies and how not to run my ship aground every time I tried to go land at a port. That happened a lot. Uh, Coming in way too fast. You can do this neat little trick with your anchor where you can drop the anchor and do like a drift 180 type turn. (laughs) Um, Which is useful like one time. And then (coughs) it takes you like 10 seconds to really anchor back in. So if you had multiple crew members, I guess you could use that to help you maneuver in combat. You know what they should
1: do? They should uh, have monkeys. AI monkeys that take the place of uh, your crew if you're playing single player.
0: That would be awesome, actually. That would make the game a little bit more bearable. See, Um, I should be in game design. But so yeah, there's no tutorials for absolutely anything at all at the game. You have to figure out the entire process of how to actually start a quest because you'd think getting the quest would let you start it. No, you have to get the quest from the person. Then you have to go to your ship. There's a table that you have to put the quest letter down on and then you have to select the quest and click to vote to make this my active quest. And then it puts up a vote for everyone in the crew to vote on. And Uh, and, and, if you're there
1: by yourself. And you won uh, uh, with uh, you, yourself, and I. Yep.
0: So then you vote on the quest, yay or nay, and then you have to go over to the map and plot your course, and then you have to go up and sail your ship, and you can't look at the map while you're sailing, you have to stop sailing and go back down into the cabin to look at the map.
1: It's like, oh, on... dang it, I forgot, where am I supposed to go?
0: <laughs> you have a compass, at least, next to the the wheel, but uh, otherwise, yeah, you have to constantly keep going back down to reference the map, and it doesn't tell you anything.
1: Well, so you and just it... need to bow the monkey navigator.
0: So yeah, no, it's terrible. It's t- absolutely terrible. I would have appreciated some help. But no, you have to figure out everything on your own. Um, so then after that, you're sailing to a place. And sailing takes goddamn forever. It's alright, like I said, for the first hour or so. Because it's like, wow, this is neat and nifty. And then it's just like, oh my god, this is so tedious. It's so tedious. With nothing to break the monotony except encounters with pirates which are other players so sea of thieves is 100 percent pvp there are no safe zones there are no pve zones you can get ganked going to turn in your mission um someone will be holding the treasure box and pirates can kill the person holding the treasure box steal your treasure and run away and then go turn that in for a quest themselves or uh I don't know if there's some kind of like mechanic for breaking into a treasure box and taking treasure if it's someone. No, they just
1: drop it into the ocean to be massive dicks. I wouldn't be surprised if that's what they did. But uh
0: yeah, my I, I was sank many times by people uh pirating me. And well, I never You were had also any...
1: severely outnumbered.
0: Yeah, there were a couple of times when I did okay at least on the maneuvering stage. But the thing is, since the game is designed to be multiplayer with no assists at all for single-player gameplay, you would have to sail and manage the guns and manage repairs all at the same time. So Eventually, my... monkeys. Yeah. Eventually my tactic was just turn hard port or starboard, depending on which direction the wind was blowing and how my sails were set up, and then just go alternate between all of the deck guns. And if I had took damage, I would go down and repair it. And that usually was enough to get me through a fight for like three minutes instead of immediately being boarded and killed. Um, because if your ship sinks, all of your treasure goes down to the bottom of the ocean. So what the, you mean to Davy
1: Jones' locker?
0: To, yes, to Davy Jones' locker. So um, unless pirates or unless the other players are just being massive dicks, they will try to damage your ship and then board it and steal your treasure before it sinks. So there there is an option to scuttle your ship and most of the time if they were about to board me I would just scuttle my ship and kill you myself. You can't fire on me. Purpose. I quit. Yeah, exactly. But um yeah, there there are guides to playing single player and there are people who have said like no, you can take down another ship on your own and I just don't see how you can do it. Um one time I was able to escape from a fight um because I knew how to attack and they didn't, so I was able to sail into the wind faster than they could. But otherwise, I lost every single fight. And it's kind of funny at first, but then it gets old real fast. And I hate it,
1: and it's terrible. People are assholes. Well, to be fair, it is a, pi- a game about pirates, so having pi- a player pirates is kind of expected, but the thing is... I imagine that there's going to be a lot more than what there usually would be because it's really the only content in the game. Yep.
0: Yeah, the the ship-to-ship combat is probably the most in-depth mechanic-wise because it utilizes the sailing aspect and all of the naval combat aspects, which are the only parts of the game that are really flushed out. When it comes to ground or hand-to-hand combat, uh, everyone has a sword. Uh, you can get different cosmetic swords, but they all are just a short, you know, a, a short sword or a cutlass. Um, and you have like a three strike combo just by repeatedly tapping, uh, for me, it was left mouse click for a controller. I assume it would be right trigger and it's a three hit combo. And then you have like a three second rest period, or you can hold down the button to do like a, a charging thrust attack Which has like a 5 second cooldown. Then you can swap to a weapon or a gun. And there are 3 different guns that all perform functionally the same. There's a blunderbuss, a flintlock pistol, and a rifle um, that has a scope on it. Which doesn't really make a difference. It doesn't seem to have any more or less range than the pistol. So those are all one hit kills on anything except people. uh, Actual players and then it's like a two-hit kill on a player. And you have uh, five shots for the pistol and the rifle, and you get one shot with the blunderbuss before you have to actually go to a physical or, like, a box that's an ammo box and reload that way because, you know, they're they're flintlock muskets. So it's not like you're carrying around magazines of ammo. But all of the weapons behave functionally the same. I mean, I mean there's a difference between the sword and the gun, but... Otherwise, all three guns behave exactly the same, which is stupid because there are three different types of guns. At the very least, the blunderbuss should be awesome. and mm-hmm. Should you be, know, uh, be... You know,
1: dearly a one-hit kill at point-blank cl- point range because it's a shotgun.
0: Yes. Essentially. Not, it's not. It behaves exactly the same as the pistol and the rifle. Stupid. Pointless. Waste of time.
1: Oh, uh, just like the game? Just like
0: the game. Uh, then I've kind of covered all the rest of my points, except for this one in talking about other things, uh, which was (laughs) people are assholes and, um, the gameplay mechanics are bare. So I have two left. The matchmaking is bad. It doesn't seem to differentiate between PC and console players whenever you are, uh, partying up. At least not that I could try, could tell. I tried forming a couple of parties, but I got really annoyed because one of two things happens. Or one of three things happens. Oh, boy. You get a kid who's... Nah, blah, 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 ...on voice chat the whole time until you mute them. And then you don't know what they're saying. And you hate them. And you want to strangle them in real life. Then you just don't you, you get someone who doesn't talk at all, but seems to know, like, where everything is. And is just constantly, like, spamming the quick chat feature. Like, come on, let's go get the treasure. Come on, let's go get the treasure and you want to strangle them in real life or you get someone who all they want to do is to be a pirate. They don't <laughs> want to do any of the quests or anything else, they just want to be a pirate and they get mad at you if you want to do anything else and you want to strangle them in real life for that. Um, the most fun I had in the game was on played... <laughs> Okay, the second <laughs> most fun I had in the game was when I played with my friend Ryan and we played for about an hour we spawned with a sloop. Um, we hopped on, and we did one quest, and the rest of the time we spent sailing around, uh, and talking, and catching up on life with each other. And that was the best part of the whole game was not really playing the game, just having it as a, uh, you know, like chat room, a meeting point. Yeah, a chat
1: room. It, that's that was kind the of the most what fun WoW I had in the whole into, game. Uh, whenever I was uh, towards the end of my wow career, I guess, would be the, well, lack of a proper term, was treating it as basically a chat room for what was left of my guild as people started dropping off, and people that I absolutely hated started coming in.
0: <laughs> yeah, but that was, that was the most fun I had with the whole game, was just talking to my friend. And, you know, on the one hand, thanks Sea of Thieves for letting me catch up with an old friend. Uh, on the other hand, your game sucks and it's terrible and I'm never going to play it again. <laughs> I do have one one last thing that might be being fixed. Um, it had some performance oddities. Performance issues on PC is the wrong word because I, I wasn't experiencing glitches or anything, but aside from the motion blur option, nothing really seemed to affect anything. Turning any of the detail options... Or, there weren't very many. There were like five options. Uh, on the PC side, but, uh, anti-aliasing motion blur texture quality. Oh, and it did one of those stupid things where it used like, instead of being like low, medium, high, ultra, oh, no. it was like, it was like mythic,
1: legendary, rare. And I was like, what is this bullshit? Well, see that they didn't put any loot in the game. So they have to use those labels somewhere.
0: <laughs> of course they do. But I don't remember what the word. one of those resolutions. Resolution anti-aliasing, post-processing effects, motion blur, and one other one. And it didn't matter what you did with any of the effects except motion blur. It didn't change the look of the game, and it didn't affect my frame rate at all, which was a fairly steady 70 FPS. Um, so I it
1: has that going for it, I guess. Uh, based on everything that I've seen with how the game plays. Part of me thinks that this may have been, at least at some point, uh, at least a VR-compatible game. Uh, You know, especially with how they handled the quest. You know, putting the uh, scroll down on the table and having everybody gather around and look at it. Yeah. It it looks so much like a VR game, only without the VR controls. Do you think this would have been a more interesting game if it was VR? I think
0: so, because a lot of VR games wind up light on content to really hone in on one or two aspects of the vr being like the thing and if this was a vr game where that there was no pvp element at all you just teamed up with your buds manned a ship and like uh, went, basically some a, skeletons uh, or found some treasure tall
1: ship combat version of star trek yeah uh, the star that, trek simulator
0: that would probably be pretty great actually that that would that would probably be pretty good. Or even if it was just that without the VR. If they really focused in on the PvE portions of the game. That would have given it some more points in my eyes.
1: Yeah, it just seems but, like everything that I've uh, looked into about this game. Uh, it looks like they changed directions at some point And they had to drop a lot of their content. Because uh, it's too long on content to justify the long development time. Because this had a couple of years after it was shown. And usually yeah. games have a pretty long buildup before they're shown. So, you know, yeah, I would say probably a three to four year development time at least. And, yeah. and there was a big change in just the graphical quality between uh, the two yeah, E3s that they showed this game at. So, I I'm yeah. imagine that they had to do some sort of focus change. And I, in a couple of years, there's going to be some sort of story coming out about this game uh, from behind the scenes, where it's very spore-like, where the the team got divided on, uh, you know, uh, the direction they took, they wanted to take the game, or the uh, uh, the producer uh, decided that they wanted to focus on one particular aspect, something along those lines. It wouldn't surprise me if we get some sort of story like that.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either. I don't. Uh, this game is bad. It's just bad right now. Um, I don't know what it would take to make it good. I'm not going to write it off completely, because No Man's Sky managed to come back and fix most, if not all, of its issues. Yeah, well, it has another update
1: being teased, so... Uh, No Man's Sky, I should say.
0: Yeah. So, you know, can they save it? Probably. Uh, There's not really anything else like it, so...
1: The thing is, is there enough incentive? Because... It's going to be expensive to fix this, especially since there seems to be no mechanics built into the game for them to hook onto. So they're going to have yeah. to build from scratch. And honestly, based on how they patched the game, were to patch the game, it was a complete re fucking download of it, uh, according to the yeah. news articles I've read.
0: Yep, twenty uh, almost twenty gigabytes on PC, which was the the full download it was almost twenty
1: gigabytes. Yeah, um, it, then, it tells me that either they're rushing in panic mode to try to fix basic issues before even tackling any sort of content uh, roadmap, which didn't they say that there wasn't a content roadmap? They were kind of winging it.
0: Yeah, they said that the the only thing that they really had planned aside from bug fixes and something along the lines of ensuring that players have the best experience possible at launch,
1: <laughs> the, the,
0: the only thing they were planning on doing was turning on microtransactions at something like the three month mark and they had announced one piece of dlc where you could get a pet
1: uh hey it's the uh, monkey companions for when you're uh, the only player left
0: yeah except the pets don't do anything they just follow you around and you can launch them out of cannons for funsies
1: well to be fair everything else in the game seems to be cosmetic
0: i wish i could launch myself out of a cannon directly into a wall and die well you can't with that attitude yeah, I'm I'm probably never going to play this game ever again. I have something like 10 days left to play it for free because of my trial for
1: the
0: Xbox. I mean, whatever. if they
1: add more content, I could definitely see where it could be fun. But yeah. uh, maybe it's just the type of players that we are. We We need the systems in the game to latch on to. We're, we don't have big enough personalities uh, to be able to... Be able to go onto a blank slate and be absolutely insane. But then again, that's not uh,
0: true because there's lots of games we both play like that.
1: So, I I mean, hell, uh, uh, for a while, uh, this uh, shows you the kind of the culture of the Twitch streamer and makes me think that this was designed around Twitch streaming and mind, never mind the fact that, was it both their E3? uh, showings that that they focused pretty much on streamer personalities or streamer like personalities
0: yeah as part of their demo video they what, what did that should whole have been a fake flag, scripted but but, yeah. uh,
1: but for quite a while on twitch chat or for twitch uh, VR chat was in the top ten most streamed game or most watched game which is literally just a chat room so of uh, people just interacting and creating crappy memes. So, yeah, the blank canvas approach definitely uh, does work. Yeah.
0: This game does suffer from one of the things that I said back when No Man's Sky first released. If this game was really cheap, like 10 15 maybe even $20... Or hell, if it was free, it feels like a free to play game. If it don't, was. Don't at, insult
1: Warframe like that.
0: If it was at that price point, I could forgive a lot of these issues because the buy in is so low that it's got enough to offer two or three hours. If you've got a good group of friends, maybe like four or five of gameplay. And then you could check back in on it every once in a while and see what it's done. But at. You know, full retail price of sixty dollars plus tax. If you buy the game, it's just not worth it. There's just not enough there. You're absolutely being ripped off at that price point. Honest. Uh, if you got it through the through Xbox Game Pass, then it's a little distraction. But at least with Game Pass, you have access to a lot of other better games. So. as in all of them yeah as in all of them but yeah if you were considering buying this just
1: don't it's not worth it
0: so yeah that was so, uh, uh, about 30 minutes
1: uh, actually closer to 40ish uh, so your final verdict is no sir I don't like it <laughs> no sir I
0: don't like it not one bit what about you did you play anything worthwhile this week uh yeah, but let's talk about some other things first <laughs> Nice I see what you I see what you did there.
1: Ah, uh, so I didn't do the Sunday sampler this week because pretty much everything I had current uh, was kind of shitty. so let's start off with evil cogs. Now you may be looking at this and think how could this be shitty? I mean it looks like limbo. Well
0: well, that's why it's shitty. Although, I don't like games like that, so... Um,
1: Well, I went into this expecting it to be a platformer. It's not. This is essentially if you could bond Limbo and Flappy Birds. And no, I'm not making that up. In order to move, you tap in one of the direction keys. Well, let's put it this way. Uh, uh, You talk about uh, Red Flags during uh, the development of Sea of Thieves. The red fucking flag that I was going to hate this game loaded up and it says tap to unlock. Oh, no. Yes, this is a mobile port and a really shitty mobile port as, th- as well because the store is still in the game. In order to uh, progress, you have to get a certain amount of stars, which, hey, guess what? There's three stars for every level. To earn a currency to unlock packs of levels, which the mobile game is a free game. And guess what? There's a microtransaction to be able to buy the currency. Oh, no. (laughs) Yes. So you can imagine why I didn't want to cover this. Usually, even if I'm playing a shitty game, it has to be a at least... Uh, somewhat enjoyable enough to be able to play enough for me to really be able to say something about it and this was just so fucking irritating because it's flappy birds and a extremely claustrophobic level design where there are spikes so you either tap uh, very quickly to or yeah at a very specific rhythm or you die and there's no gamepad controls whatsoever. It's literally A and D for the controls. And that's it. That's no good. I mean, it, I mean, plus side for it, it is a very pretty game and it may get a few sales because it looks like Limbo. And it, uh, yeah, it may scratch that itch for somebody that wants to play a Limbo style, uh, adventure game but oh i absolutely hated this any thoughts because uh, i'm gonna go through my games fairly quickly because i didn't play these very much one for a very good reason one for a very shitty reason and the other two because they kind of sucked
0: yeah, I don't have any questions on this. It's not the type of game that I'm into. I mean, I
1: gave it a shot. I, I gave it yeah. more than its fair shake. And the thing is that it's just... The fact that they used a Flappy Bird style control method where you tap and it jumps up and then it comes back down. It, it controls horribly in the claustrophobic environments. The the level design of Limbo.
0: Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, I'm not
1: not interested in that. You can feel free to move on. Okay, and uh, move on, I shall, to Synthetic. This is another game I tried out. I actually had this uh, last week, and I was digging uh, back in my backlog a little bit, trying to find something. I could see how people would like this, but I absolutely fucking hated it. Okay, well, let, let's uh, borrow your model where there's actually something in this game that I liked. And that's the difficulty settings where it uses a modular difficulty setting where it has, I believe, 10 different settings that you can turn on and off. And that affects your score multiplier and also your level up because this is a roguelite uh, twin stick shooter. It has a level up progression where as you progress, you get experience. And depending on the amount of uh, difficulty modifiers you have turned on it uh, modifies that for your uh, level up progression. So I actually really like that. And there were some interesting things where you can turn off some of the more annoying features. Like the reload mechanic. This is a twin stick shooter and they used a two button reload mechanic that is just irritating. So whenever you hit the end of a clip, this uh, is using fairly traditional guns for the most part. You know, uh, your revolvers, the shotguns, that sort of thing. You have to eject the magazine with one button, and then you have to reload, and it has a timed reload to be able to get a damage bonus.
0: Oh, that's the Gears of War method.
1: Yeah, on top of it throwing a bunch of enemies at you and you being slow as fucking shit. You know, the Gears of War method. And it just absolutely irritated me. And speaking of throwing enemies at you... I mentioned how the levels in the last game was very claustrophobic. The levels in this game is fucking microscopic. Uh, As a uh, roguelite game, uh, typically uh, these games are generated in what you would call chunks. You have, instead of a fully procedurally generated level, the designers make chunks, usually a room, maybe two, and they fit together like jigsaw puzzles. And this is pretty much the bog standard of how most uh, procedurally generated uh, roguelites uh, work. Uh, there's a few notable exceptions I like. I think Teleglitch uh, uses fully per- uh, procedural. I could be wrong on that one, but it's very rare. This, the, uh, the map is two to three rooms with the interior of it kind of just randomly thrown together in the chunk style and the enemies thrown in with that mix and that's it you could go through if you wanted to rush through this you could go through a level in probably a minute and that's including the long teleport spin-up sequence at the end of the level it's just fucking ridiculous that is very short Yeah, let's see, and well, something else that made my patience run short was just how you move in general, because you move very slowly, which kind of fits the whole, you know, levels being very, very small, where you uh, kind of just mosey, and you have a teleport, a teleport slash dash ability that uh, allows you to get in and out of trouble. But the thing is that that's on a fairly long cooldown and you're usually fighting several enemies at once. Oh, and this isn't a run-and-gun game. As in, as you're moving, your aim gets worse and worse. The ridicule starts widening. So in order to be able to aim effectively at a longer distance, which you'll want to do because you really can't get out of trouble that easily, at least In the early game, maybe there's something later on that I'll be able to, you know, get uh, to be able to do that. Or, yeah, some sort of unlock or something. You have to physically stop, let it reset for just a moment. But it's a very flow-interrupting movement system where you're moving slowly. You try to uh, pop out of cover, but you have to pop out of cover, stop, shoot, then retreat. And it's just, ugh, it's grating. And that that's assuming, well, uh, the default difficulty settings, which I didn't find until after playing a couple rounds, also has a gun jamming feature in it where if your gun jams, you have to spam the reload button, which was all sorts of fun. Thankfully that also
0: uh, gears of war mechanics. Th- thankfully
1: that could be turned off. But yeah, uh, this is pretty much Gears of War uh the roguelite. Only shit it. Right. I like the art style. Yeah, the art style is not bad. Uh, that is a uh, plus for. I mean, we're uh, basically back around to see Thieves on you. Know, it has a nice art style. Yeah. And uh but the thing is that they show a boss that you're fighting a jet. I, at least I'm assuming that's a boss. And knowing how the game mechanics work and seeing all the missiles and everything, I could only imagine how ungodly frustrating that's going to be. But you could uh, you could actually see the uh, difficulty modifiers. There's uh, the base uh, modifier, there's uh, manual ejection, which you can turn off, but you're, you're only getting 30% of your uh, experience. So, there's the manual ejection, there's the jamming, there's the flinching, which if you take damage, you flinch, which also ruins your aim. Uh, Haste, which I'm not sure what that one does. Deflecting, hardcore mode, uh, criticals, uh, fragility, uh, dead eye. I mean, there's a lot of room to toy around with the difficulty settings, but in order to turn off some of the more annoying features, you're going to be running the uh, difficulty modifier down so low. That it's going to take you ages to grind out, and honestly, I just didn't find it fun, even with the difficulty modifiers disabled. It does have online co-op, which is a kind of a saving grace, but there's uh, well, there's not much of a community around this game to begin with, and I wouldn't inflict this on uh, someone. I see.
0: (laughs) Well, that's uh, good enough for me, I guess. But then again,
1: yeah. I'm maybe just a bit of a snob when it comes to my roguelites because, yeah, you know, I, I have several hundred hours in Binding of Isaac and its sequel. But this is nowhere near as smooth as as even the original Binding of Isaac, which was a Flash game that got laggy as hell. So, uh, sweet. Uh, moving along. Sure.
0: What else you got? Oh,
1: you, you've been looking forward to this one. Uh, yeah. Last up on the trio of shit... Is the flood? I went into this game not reading the store page. I, I got this one as so as a review copy, and I saw the uh, the uh, screenshots on Keymailer and thought, "Ah, yeah, that looks pretty interesting. Uh, some sort of adventure journey game." And then I beat it. From Unity Launcher to end credits, was on my second playthrough. 5 minutes and 20, 20, uh, 25, 30 seconds, and that's including some time fumbling uh, with my phones. Like, wait a minute, I should record, uh, I I should uh, time this to see how long this actually takes. This is, and I'm usually not one to get into this debate because there's a lot of leeway when it comes to what is a game. But I will say for sure, this is not a fucking game. A Walking Simulator is more of a game than this because that has an actual fucking experience. This has three scenes that you go through with the world's fucking slowest motorboat I've ever encountered that handles like a shopping cart with a wheel busted while it it, uh, displays messages that looks like it's... Out of some teenage girl's diary, out of uh, that she scribbled along the margins while listening to "Listening to My Chemical Romance."
0: Hey, now, I like My Chemical <laughs> Romance. Exactly. I didn't keep a diary, though.
1: <laughs> and you weren't a teenage girl, as far as I know. Well, not right now, anyways. I mean, uh, the the developers said that they worked on uh, this game for months. I'm assuming that includes learning how to code from scratch because there is not that much here.
0: It's got what appears from the screenshots and another cute art style.
1: Yeah, it has a, like- it has a nice art style once again. But it oh, hang on, let me uh, look at all the screenshots because all the screenshots is all the content of this game. It makes it it looks like almost like it's been tilt shifted like Yeah, little, yeah, there is tilt yeah, there's a effect. definite tilt shift effect that has a very <laughs> a tilt <well>, well, shit <laughs> tr- Well, I'm maybe projecting there. Uh but Freudian slip? Uh there's a, a tilt shift effect that's extremely obnoxious in this game that uh, it's a very very uh, uh, strong. Let's see if I can spot it. You can see on the uh the uh uh, first screenshot, uh, you know, just how blurry it is. Yeah. Uh, with then it gets a very hard edge, and there's no options in this game whatsoever.
0: I uh, outside, cost... uh, outside
1: of just uh, uh, volume sliders, which uh, I was a little surprised that there were volume sliders. Yeah. I have no idea. I wonder if what it's going to cost, cost money because th- it this... says
0: available March
1: 30th. So yeah, if this costs money, then if this costs one cent, you're overpaying.
0: Is this the one that you said felt like a student's art project?
1: Yes, this feels like it should be in someone's resume. This should not be on Steam, and no, this isn't me uh, gatekeeping saying uh, this game is shit that shouldn't be on Steam. Okay, maybe I am, but this literally is a five-minute game. That yeah, five-minute
0: games go should be on like Congregate and Newgrounds and things.
1: Yeah, this is someone uh, learning how to code in Unity. Or learning how to develop in Unity. But the thing is that this is... Uh, well, it's it's marking uh, on the developer's uh, overall uh, thing as a free game. But he has one other that is a $7 game that's just about climbing. So... Uh, it does say it has
0: some DLC called "Support the Developer Pack," which is it says soundtrack plus extras.
1: As soundtrack, as in one track. the The only music in this game is a looping track.
0: Extras: various material from early stages of look, development, uh, level design sketches uh, look, and images look, look of that, the scenes look at, from Unity. Look at the,
1: look at the uh, original soundtrack. One. Yeah, one flow of things. It is literally one track that uh, loops. But yeah. Uh, this is even worth a download as a, as a free game. This is someone learning to c- code, uh, assuming that this was their first game, which it may not be because uh, this developer has other games, and their other game is literally dragging a rag doll a- around a Unity uh, level. I mean, look at the, uh, look at City Climber. Yeah, that's what I'm going to look at right now.
0: I've got this marked as not interested, so I've seen this at some point. Yeah.
1: I mean it's literally just clicking and dragging a ragdoll around.
0: It has sixty-seven positive reviews. And according to the data from the Steam extended whatever, mm-hmm. uh between four thousand and nine thousand owners, I'm I'm round.
1: Yeah. It's and we've successfully talked about this game longer than the actual game is, by the way. <laughs>
0: nice nice go us <laughs> well i'm prepared to move on to your final game if you are. uh
1: yeah it, it's just maybe i'm feeling a little bit more sour about this uh because i went into this thinking it looked somewhat interesting but if they designed this over the course of three or four months they, they maybe it's just all the model work because i don't see really anything that is pretty much static objects or you know uh reused objects, for the most part. But, once again, uh, this is just more shit on the Steam store. Uh, It's flooding the Steam store. Eh? Hi-oh. Oh, but, yeah. Yeah, colored me not impressed. uh, As you may have noticed.
0: Yeah. Well, you seem more positive about this game than I did Sea of Thieves, so...
1: Oh, well, I have less to work with. I have a game that's less content than Sea of Thieves.
0: And in this case, that's a good thing because then you're done with it th- sooner.
1: So, uh, moving, uh, down the river, uh, this is a game that I haven't played that much by design of the game. This is a real time, uh, uh, visual novel graphic novel whatever actually i would call this just more of a straight novel based on what i've played so far called somewhere the vault papers this is actually from the developers of a lost phone okay uh i'm only uh, a little bit into it that uh, this is your pretty standard uh uh, this type of story game where it plays out in real time. So you uh, start off getting a random text message in a random train. And that's two weeks in a row for the train, isn't it? Uh, but I'll start over with this so you can cut out the entire uh, segment. Or just uh, make me sound uh, completely insane repeating myself. And repeating myself. And have I mentioned repeating myself?
0: I think so, yes.
1: So, somewhere the vault papers. This is... A real-time novel from the developers that created a normal lost phone and its sequel. And it's so far somewhat interesting. You uh, start off with uh, getting a random text message, quote-unquote, you know, uh, as these games play out. And it's a a choose-your-own-adventure style uh, game. I'm only a bit of the way through it because there's points in the game where uh, the uh, other character because it's a conversation between you and Kat this uh, uh, p- reporter who is in trouble and that's really all I know thus far and you're going back and forth and uh, she uh, says that she's in trouble that uh, the, there's people uh, trying to break into her uh, uh, hotel room and uh, you're given options of uh, what to tell her and uh, to tell her to like jump out the window or fight him or call the police that sort of thing and certain actions uh, uh, trigger a time period where, uh, as she's carrying them out, it says cat uh, is busy, and it uh, it's like it's playing out in uh, real time. And then she it picks up her phone and starts sending you messages again. Uh, pretty standard for this, but the fact that it's made by the developers of A Normal Lost Phone, which is a pretty well-respected game in this sort of niche. Uh, uh narrative uh game market uh got me to uh try it out and it is a free game unlike uh, a normal lost phone it doesn't have microtransactions in it yet it doesn't have ads in it yet it's still considered in its early access phase uh, according to google play but i wanted something to take the uh, the sting out after three rather disappointing games this week so i'll be reporting back on this one next week as i progress through it uh, but any questions on this? I'm not too far in. Uh, they do say on this on the store page that at certain points of the game you're going to have to Google stuff or look at Street View or uh, research things, which is interesting. I'm not sure yeah, if no, that's this... I'm not sure if that's pretty standard for this genre or not. I haven't really played any of these. I know you played uh, Lifeline, I believe it was. Yeah, which I was going si- to say this is similar to this.
0: Yeah, I was going to say this reminds me of Lifeline, and that's pretty standard for these types of games. Um, at least the ones that are more involved and they'll ask you to do things like that during your off time. Yeah. Or, you know, Yeah, and they did say that it, the, it takes several
1: days to be able to complete the game uh, or to get to an ending and the game does support a fast play that once you hit an ending you're able to go through without the wait times. Yeah. Which is also pretty standard but you know, I've learned something different. I never really played any of these and the fact that it's yeah. by the developers of A Normal Loss Phone intrigued me.
0: Yeah, I'm glad to see a couple more of these. There are only a fair, you know, only a few that are any good uh, that I've found on mobile on the mobile market. And after I played Lifeline for the first time, I've searched for games like this because it's a really nice way to play through a a story game on your phone. And and I like the way how that it plays out over the course of several days. Mm -hmm. Um, So I will I will be downloading this and playing it as well.
1: Yeah, so uh, maybe we'll have our own little mini game club.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, speaking of which,
0: indeed, indeed. Oh, excuse me, that one snuck out. Yeah. Uh, I'll have to edit that burp out. Uh, very professional. Yeah, uh, but uh, the profess- I actually professional. The most professional.
1: Hugely professional.
0: Uh, I I need to go to the bathroom before we move on to our next session uh the toilet Perception. breaker
1: combo platter uh, uh acting up
0: uh no just i drank way too much tea because uh. i talked about sea of thieves for 40 minutes Oh, so, we will take a quick break and i will be right back and then we will talk about torchlight 2 moving on though to our game club for the month of march Rage, would you care to explain what Game Club is to anyone who may be uninitiated?
1: So, Game Club is where we come together and play a game, in this case, literally, uh, to kind of rectify our diverging taste. And then we sit down and talk about it. Uh, Sometimes in great detail, sometimes not. And there will be spoilers up ahead. There's a, uh, I mean, this is an ARPG, so there's not that much to spoil. This is going to be more mechanics-based this time around. But whatever we have story spoilers, well, there you go.
0: Yeah, it'll be new to me, too, because aside from the opening cutscene, I haven't paid
1: <laughs> any attention, attention to the yeah. story at all. Uh, not one bit. Well, there's not a lot of story here. Uh, I'll go ahead and give a very brief synopsis. This is essentially Diablo 2's story, where the main char- well, one of the main characters from the previous game uh, as you play through the original torchlight you get what's called the ember blight on you and you become infected and the reason why you're dealing with uh the original uh, the uh, the events in the original game is to cure yourself of the ember blight well one of the playable characters the alchemist didn't get cured and went a little insane even though that's kind of questionable because He is also trying to prevent an alternate reality from pouring into uh, Torchlight's reality. That's where all the tentacles are coming from, by the way. Uh, This uh, eldritch abomination, you know, trying to stop Cthulhu. Right, okay. And that's why he's siphoning all the magic from the various magical guardians to try to repair the torn veil of reality. I mean, that's pretty much the story. And you're just following him and going on misadventures the entire time. So, uh story right. spoilers are done. Uh should we talk about uh the uh art style of the game real quick and then we'll start diving into mechanics and what you think of an ARPG? We can. Um Uh because wh- you uh, paid attention to one cutscene. What do you think of the art style of uh, the cutscenes and just the game in general? Uh well the cutscene
0: the the opening cutscene I I liked. Um, it was uh, like a drawn, a it comic, felt like uh, a hand-drawn... Yeah,
1: a comic style. Yeah,
0: yeah a comic style of cutscene, and I like that. Yeah, it's kind of a uh, rarity
1: these days, actually. Yeah, and it, it was... Um, uh, with uh, limited animation, it's not full, uh, fully animated. Uh, but it does a, a good job of kind of just drawing you in, and it's a different enough style that it... Whenever the cutscene shows up, it's eye-catching, because... The uh, general style of Torchlight is a very exaggerated, uh, large shoulders, large guns, uh, uh, ARPG with a uh, very cartoony feel.
0: Yeah, I both like the art style and like the fact that they went for something more stylized. This game, you can tell graphically, it's dated. Mm -hmm. Um, It released in 2012. Uh, and, And that shows, but because they went for something more stylized as opposed to realistic it it seems to have held up
1: well it's the same thing that the uh old nintendo 64 games the ones that are you know very stylized have held up a lot more than the ones that tried to be realistic yeah you know uh uh, uh banjo kazooie has held up better than mario yeah although Mario is held up okay yeah well Mar- uh, Mario's technically not human he he's a hat <laughs> uh, but goldeneye looks terrible yeah well I-, I wanted to go for launch titles or you know, close to launch titles and I thought banjo kazooie was first year at nintendo sixty four could be mistaken on I, that, but i don't i don't remember I know where Mario was. I, I know uh, Banjo Kazooie was early enough that it got a, a sequel or was close to a sequel.
0: No, it, it had a sequel on the N64. Yeah, so Banjo
1: 2e. Well, I can't remember if it, if it launched uh, before or after the uh, GameCube released because there's always. No, it was on N64. Well, well I meant that it uh, was focused on the N64. Uh, but yeah, it's a, a very uh, stylized game, and that definitely shows here. And they didn't go for very high fidelity, and you could definitely see that with some of the assets, them being extremely low poly. But the game is not built around sitting around looking at the art assets. It's an action RPG, so there's a lot of movement, there's a lot of fighting, there's a lot of uh, uh, spell effects.
0: There's a lot of explosions and fire raining down from the heavens, because that's what I play.
1: Well, when you're not dead.
0: When I'm not dead, yeah. (laughs) We ran into an issue last night where... Well, we, I was we played, way too squishy. Uh, yeah, we
1: played this um, multiplayer. Well, me exclusively because I played this before, but uh, you uh, found it a lot more interesting in multiplayer and co-op.
0: Yeah, I enjoyed the multiplayer more than the single player. I played it single player a bit, yeah, and it's not bad. maybe like five know. hours, and it, it's not a bad game. I might play it single player some more. Like it would be, it, it runs really well on my laptop because it's. Not a very graphically intense game, and it's from 2012, and my laptop is from 2012, Yeah, it's from 2012,
1: 2013. and it has a requirement of an x86-compatible uh, uh, an X uh, 1.4 gigahertz or faster processor. Yeah,
0: so it, it runs pretty well on my laptop. I think it runs so well might...
1: on a toaster these days.
0: Yeah, so... I'll keep it around for like trips and things like that to play as a single-player game. Uh, Where I'm going to my parents' house this weekend for Easter, we're spending a couple of days with them and doing, I don't know, Easter stuff. Um, that'll probably be what I play over the weekend because not a lot of games run on my laptop. But uh, yeah, it's it's not a bad game single-player. Once I I use single-player mostly to try out the other character types mm-hmm. because typically. In any sort of RPG, the first character I always play is a mage, and that's what I did in our multiplayer characters, is I went with a, a mage that's very heavily focused on magic damage and ranged attacks with wands. And dying. And dying, yeah. <laughs> it's not been too big of a problem until last night, and we've... Well, we, we hit, had uh, been... we hit a
1: bit of a, a level jump where we, I think, accidentally skipped an area. Because remember we uh, we came across the portal and we didn't go into it, and uh, yeah. we were suddenly a level or two behind. And uh, since I played this game before, I knew how to build my character, and I built a lot uh, uh, heavier on the de- on the defensive side. Plus, well, uh, the game has f- built four playable classes, each with the uh, sep- uh, with uh, flippable genders. But also, it has mod support for other classes, and actually has some rather impressive mods out there. But I played the Engineer with a uh, focus on that Cannoneer, which is actually the name of the subclass. And a, a shitload of summons. And yeah. you played the Ember Mage. Your summons have summons. <laughs> exactly. The summons all the way down.
0: And then, yeah, I play an Ember Mage, and I heavily focus on the fire spell tree. There's fire, ice, and uh, electric. And I've, I've dabbled in spells from both ice and electric, but I prefer the fire the best because it's the most DPS-focused. And so that's what I do. It's sort of a glass cannon build. And the glass really came out last night. But I have retooled my character to be more defensive. Um, I want to talk for just a few minutes about what I really like about Torchlight 2 because I'm not a big fan of ARPGs. Torchlight
1: 2 is the game that kind of converted me into enjoying ARPGs because I never really played them before.
0: Yeah, a a lot of issues I have with ARPGs, I've gotten past the camera view. I used to really hate isometric camera views, but after being pretty much an exclusive PC gamer for the last several years, I've been playing more and more games that have an isometric camera view, and that's not really a problem anymore. But when it came specifically to ARPGs, they have all felt very complicated, very finicky and super min maxi. and Torchlight doesn't have any of those problems. It's got four base classes, but any character can use any weapon um, each or or armor for the set. most part.
1: There are specific weapons uh, uh, yeah, but they're a rarity. They're like named rare weapons Mm. that are. They're unique. Locked. Literally, yeah.
0: But uh, all of the normal weapons and armor can be used by any class, and there's two requirements for each of them, which I like. There's a level requirement, and then there's usually a stat requirement, so that if you get something that's tailored for your class, and you've been playing, leveling up your class's most important skills, then you can get access to higher level gear sooner. But regardless, whenever you hit the level limit, you can use it. Um, it doesn't; it's not complicated or finicky in terms of like character builds. Um, you've got each character has three skill trees that you can kind of spec into, but you can also mix and match. And then the the actual leveling up your stats is super easy. There's only four stats, and everything is really simply laid out with what does what. Um, and in general. You pick the one or two stats that affect you the most and level those up ahead, and then the other two you just kind of keep pace with. Um, Like, for me, I didn't put very many points into Constitution, so I have low health, and that's really come back to bite me in the ass here lately.
1: Well, there's also uh, the gem system, which uh, you're able to uh, add uh, specific gems, uh, depending on what you want, because there's a lot of different gems with each having one or two effects, either... If they're on your armor, slash trinkets, you know, your uh, necklace, your uh, uh, rings, that sort of thing. Or on your weapon. And, like, a weapon uh, one may give uh, health steal. While uh, whenever you put it on that same gem on your armor, it gives you just flat-out health. Yeah.
0: Another thing I like is that the inventory system is not finicky. A lot of ARPGs that I've played, you have to manage sort of, like... Uh, You have to play like backpack Tetris because items have sizes and you have to make sure that they all fit. But in this, you just have inventory space and each item takes up one inventory slot, which is easy to deal with, easy to manage. You also get a pet from the start, which I love. They have their own inventory and you can send the pet to town to just dump junk whenever you need to. Yeah,
1: I'm not sure if so- Torchlight uh, pioneered that uh, mechanic because I have seen it in other games uh, that's popped up quite a few times. But uh, it's the first one I encountered. Uh, in looking back, I haven't found any instances before it, but I could just be missing it. Uh, but yeah. it's a nice uh, change of uh, the uh, lo- uh, uh, looter where you're able to just sell off at a reduced uh, gold because uh, it's that's the penalty, is sending it off. You lose a little bit of gold, but you usually have plenty of gold anyway.
0: Yeah, I've not I've not been hurting for gold. I last night I spent down to zero twice from the first time I had like thirty thousand and the second time I had like forty thousand gold. I mean getting gold is super easy, it's everywhere. And you've got tons of junk items to sell as well. So I I like Torchlight too. It's a good game and it's a good, I wouldn't say baby's first ARPG because there is depth to it. I can see that. And there's a lot of things you can, it's a, yeah, it's a gateway game, um, because it's not finicky or, or complicated or loaded up with 10,000 separate systems. Everything flows very smoothly and easily, and everything is easy to understand.
1: But if you want more um, depth, that does offer some depth. I mean, it's not you know, a Pack of the Exile where it has 20,000 uh, skills to be able to learn, but there's enough depth there to find, you know, little subclasses or uh, little uh, alternate ways to play with each of the classes. Uh, you could, uh, there's also u- uh, universal skills that you could get through scrolls that each character has four slots for, and also your pet, which, uh, that, that's really the only, uh, real tip I gave you, was whenever you found a heal-all scroll, I told you put it on your pet immediately. Yeah. And i let you kind of, pet- uh, learn everything else as you go. Your pet also is, te- it has its own mana pool, and is able to cast, uh, for, uh, scrolls that you put on it.
0: Yeah. And if- my, uh,
1: my pets. My pet's a cute little corgi. My, he's so cute. Mine's a crab. His name is Mister Kibbles, and he's a hell of a yeah. lot more defensive than your corgi. Uh, yeah. Because that's something but, else is that uh, there's the uh, the normal pet uh, that's just purely cosmetic. With the exception that the flying pets are a little bit better mobility wise, but not enough to really be able to say, "Oh, well, you if you didn't get the a falcon, for example, or the owl, or whatever." you know you uh, you may as well reroll. and the fact that they all have their cute little backpacks as well and the uh and the, yeah. and the mongoose has uh goggles yeah uh, uh but then uh there's the fishing mechanic in the game where you're able to get well for one loot yeah you know, your uh, uh some uh, uh armor items usually boots and pants which makes me wonder about what the hell is down that fishing hole Uh, But you also get transformation fish, which of uh, varying varieties and strengths. So, uh, I gave my pet pretty much immediately from one of my alternate characters from the shared stash, which is pretty standard in these games. A fish that turned him into a crab that's a lot more defensive based and made him more of a support character.
0: Yeah, where I've... I have that one. Uh, I got that one last night, the permanent crab, but... My pet is more offensive focused. Yeah, the different fish uh, are
1: that. the ones that uh, have the different abilities. So, uh, a crab is more offensive. Uh, a uh, a spider uh, has the web ability built into it, which that there's also a scroll for that, which uh, yeah. allows for immobilization and uh, I believe some poisoning. Uh, the mimic is pretty much a a uh, uh, pretty all round. Uh, stat upgrade it has uh, better defense in the base game uh, than the base game's uh pets but it's not as strong as the crab but it d- deals more damage so it's trade-offs but you don't have to sit there and fish you can just dynamite the hole if you're not yeah, in town I,
0: yeah i i dynamite the holes and you were dynamiting a bunch of the holes last night but you don't have to do that i don't mind to wait it doesn't well, take that long you- i just don't like the fishing mechanic
1: I didn't. I, I didn't mind the fishing mechanic. It, it's, but it's not. Uh, oh my god, have to do this. It's more just. Well, I'll wait for Jared. Or go fish.
0: Yeah. Well, I discovered. I one of the reasons you had to wait on me last night is I didn't realize you could turn off the low level loot so that it didn't. Well, that's pretty much. Well, that's
1: pretty much standard in all these ARPGs. Maybe that's part of the reason why you haven't enjoyed ARPGs, is that once you get past a certain point and you don't have to get everything for gold you just turn off the standard uh you know the normal quality the white items and uh they'll still be there if you you know accidentally click on them or you know see something on the ground and uh, i believe it's alt that brings up the tags uh, for everything yeah it is uh and be able to pick it up if you're hurting for gold but you know just uh turn it off and uh leave uh consumables on gems on uh in pretty much everything that's green quality and higher
0: yeah well i've never gotten that far to where that that would be necessary on other arpgs because i've never liked one before so i play for a few hours and then i'm pretty much done um what was the other one we did for game club you've already mentioned it but
1: uh path of
0: exile yeah path of exile I mean, Path of Exile is the only other ARPG that I've played for any real length of time, and I forced myself to just because it was for gameplay.
1: I wonder if you would enjoy this more now, uh, Path of Exile more now, uh, that you've gotten a bit more of a handle on the ARPG general mechanics, because Path of Exile is pretty much a standard ARPG, just a lot more depth.
0: Yeah, I would, uh, I would go back and check it out. Uh, I think I'd like to play through torchlight the rest of the way mm-hmm. before i check out another one but i would be willing to go back and see
1: yeah and uh different arpgs are really uh focus on different things uh, torchlight it's more of a stand and shoot style of arpg with there are uh escape abilities there's uh more defensive abilities like uh, the engineer that i use has the force field ability which uh, all the characters also have their unique charge ability, where as they deal damage or take damage, depending on the class, uh, they uh, get various bonuses. For the Engineer, for example, it's essentially a combination of the rage mechanic and the combo system from World of Warcraft. As I deal damage, I start charging up a bar, and at uh, the 20% intervals, I get a essentially a combo point, a charge point. And certain ones of my abilities burn either one or all of those, depending on the different abilities, for different effects. For example, the force field that I use it burns all the charge or combo points that I have, and for each one, it gives an extra 50% to the overall force field. And that combined with another skill point that I have, or a skill ability, where uh, I have a certain percentage on every kill to get a full charge bar, once those start comboing together, and as I build up those uh, two skills, it makes me a very defensive powerhouse, and that's uh, the style of uh, ARPG uh, Torchlight is. Yes, there are escape mechanics, there are running mechanics. But they're a more of a rarity. They're not. It's not a run and gun uh, game like. Uh, well, I think Path of Exile is closer to that style, where it's a lot more kiting, and uh, and something like Path of Exile where you are building as a class cannon that would work a lot better in Path of Exile than it does uh, for Torchlight. Yeah. Well, I still do plenty of kiting. Everything attacks me.
0: Yeah, because you're and squishy. I have to run away from it. I am squishy, and I have a higher... I at least burst DPS than you do, because the, one of my abilities is that uh, if I attack an enemy that's on fire, it does an extra damage boost. And that stacks, as far as I know, infinitely. So, I have this attack that calls down sky beams of fire, and each one counts as a separate attack. And uh, right now I have five. You can get up to eight, seven, or eight. Um... So I have five sky beams of fire that all count as separate attacks. Plus I have a a fireball spell.
1: Well, there I think f- there is an upper limit fires. because all uh, the Outlander has uh, a similar thing where uh, as uh, it attacks, it builds up a combo meter, and the more it charges, the higher it, it hits, and also the faster it attacks. So it's uh, uh, builds up very quickly after the first percentage point or two to, I believe, yeah, I like, mean, 10 or 15.
0: Yeah. Well, there would be a maximum anyways, because I can only do so many attacks at a time, mm-hmm. regardless of whether or not I have mana, and I run out of mana a lot. Um, but, I mean, I can pretty quickly drain even a a boss health bar. Like, I, I've watched it whenever all of those sky beams hit, and I'm getting multiple hits with my fireball spell, just watch that bar start just start draining. Um but I I am super squishy, and the enemies that we were fighting last night had this sort of kamikaze attack that pretty much always yeah
1: they uh, did whenever, a critical yeah whenever they come in they uh, swoop down on a uh, on a well to them an enemy and they kept surrounded you and just uh, one shotting you which was funny yeah and also uh well uh there's the well let's talk the death mechanics that you're well acquainted with that
0: <laughs> very. Uh,
1: there's, uh, two options whenever you die, and they cost gold, what well, one does, where you could just uh, go back to town, it's a freebie, or you just resurrect at the zone line, for lack of a better term, and it doesn't replenish the health of, uh, any of the enemies in the uh, area, so, if you're not playing on the Iron Man mode, you know, uh, you know, you die, game over. You can not eventually exhaust a boss, even with uh, just a terrible build. But you were uh, going to town uh, for the freebie and then using the waypoint shrine, which is the fast travel system in the game, to teleport to me. And uh, there was often times where I would be either uh, standing tanking damage and uh, building up my combat meter to replenish my force field. And you would come in on top of me just as the boss was attacking (laughs) Yeah,
0: that happened several times, and also sometimes it would happen with regular enemies too. Like I would miss one of the kamikaze bats, mm-hmm. and so I would get killed by it, and then I would warp back in, and I would get killed by another kamikaze bat before I could even react, or one of the larger enemies
1: that could do. Well, whenever DPS. you warp in, uh, there's also this uh, uh, slight stutter as the game it catches up and brings you in, so that may also be part of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, maybe cuz there's a there's a few seconds where I assume I've spawned in but I have I can't do mm-hmm. anything yet cuz it hasn't quite loaded on my end. Yeah. But hopefully that won't be a problem anymore. I mean, we 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 both said that we want to play yeah. this game and finish it together cuz we don't despite the fact that we play tons of games and plenty of games together we don't really have any games that just like you and I play that aren't a part of something else
1: yeah which uh, is both a problem and not (laughs) because we have very different tastes as well
0: we do but this is one that we both liked and I want to finish it and you said you Mm -hmm. want to finish it too so we're going to be like best friends forever
1: at least until the Patreon money runs out (laughs) (laughs) yeah all that sweet sweet Patreon money
0: (laughs) And You're gonna leave me. Don't take that as an insult. People who give to us on Patreon, we we're, appreciate we're the support. I'm making a joke. Please, please don't stop giving us money. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, it's it's a good game. It's a, a good introduction to ARPG. Yeah, now that it's got me interested. Uh, yeah, in, now
1: that you played it some more, uh, 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 the game it doesn't have it in base. It has it as a mod. Uh, the Potion of Respect, which is a complete reset. Outside of that, you have the option to remove uh, the last three spent skill points. If you took the potion of respec, how would you build differently?
0: Oh, I would get rid of almost everything that I put that wasn't in the fire tree. Um, And then I... Also, there was some sort of, like, hammer close range spell I got from the fire tree that I would get rid of those points. The passives in the... At least in the lightning tree are pretty good. Yeah, each uh, each
1: tree has. Well, I guess we should uh, talk a little bit about that. Uh, it doesn't really. Uh, it's not really a skill tree in the old style WoW, where you unlock one thing and progresses to, uh, unlocks another thing to further down. It's more of a skill list that unlocks at specific levels. So level one, you have access to the first uh, skill in each of the three trees. Level Five, six, unlocks the second, and so on and so on. Uh, and each skill also has a certain uh, sub-unlock, so you can't just spam points in one thing and be done with it, because some of the skills get very powerful towards the end. And each yeah. uh, tree also has three passive abilities, which, depending on the tree, it has different focuses. Like, one of mine, it has uh, static... Uh, armor uh, increase, which I don't use because I already am uh, doing alright. A uh, flat uh, uh, fire and electric damage uh, boost, which I've been putting points into. And then one other one, which I can't think of off the top of my head, but then there's uh, on another tree, the the passive ability that every time I kill something, I have like a 3 uh, to 4% chance, depending on uh, how many points I've put into it so far to get just full charge which towards the end of the game uh at uh, rank 10 i believe it go, uh, goes to about 10 percent, which is just fucking massive with just how many enemies are in the game because if this is more of a swarm style where there's a lot of aoe attacks all the melee attacks with the exception of claw attacks are arc attacks all the uh, uh ranged attacks are have at least some sort of range of uh, splash damage component to it, just some are more than others. It throws a lot of small enemies at you, as well as the big bosses. And most of the big bosses have some sort of summon ability, so it's a lot about crowd control, a lot of crowd management, and a lot of learning to take your punches and dying.
0: Yay, dying! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would definitely remove most of it. all of the active skills that I've tried in the other trees, I would get rid of those because I haven't liked any of them.
1: And I would... Well, also, you're... You have a system built up where you uh, compound your damage. So, one uh, yeah. one skill uh, feeds into another. Like, well, for example, my big... Uh, well, you've seen me just fire off a, a large barrage from my cannon uh, at yeah. range. Uh, that opens up Additional damage to fire, uh, which some of my other abilities uh, feed into. Not all of them. A fair amount of them are actually physical based. But then my summons, like, uh, well, I have a a heal bot that's a constant. uh, Every so often uh, throws out a heal that also, uh, since I put enough points into it, gives mana as well. Uh, Another one of my uh, bots is a summoned gun turret that follows me around and shoots things. But also when that's active, I get a flat damage increase. Another one of mine is I throw a handful of spider mines, which actually have a fair amount of uh, uh, life. So in between combat, I could just start building up a swarm of spiders. And more than once something would spawn. All the spiders run past me, swarm them, blow up, and it's dead. It's nothing but a red stain on the ground. And that's not even uh, some of the fun summons yet. I have two more that I can think of off the top of my head that are just hilarious. Nice. I get an of- immobilization helicopter that just follows me around and starts zapping things. And, th- that's and then there's this giant uh, just golem, uh, clockwork golem that is just absolutely insane. Yeah, one of my skill
0: trees has an A summon and it's a an elemental summon. I can't remember which tree it is. I don't think it's the fire tree. Well, the
1: thing is that you can uh, put points into it uh, once you unlock um, yeah, yeah. it. You don't have to spend all the points there, which is something that I actually like. It allows a lot more freedom in your character creation.
0: Yeah. I like that too. Because I don't have to get locked into spending X amount of points on shit I don't want to get the one thing I do want. From the other trees.
1: Yeah, I like this. Maybe system a if lot I play this what, game enough how was turned into where at particular tiers of level you pick one of three abilities. Yeah.
0: May- maybe if I like this game enough after beating it, I want to keep playing it. I might go back and try the different builds because the three mage builds break down basically into massive DPS, uh slowing the debuffing attacks mm-hmm. that debuff. And then attacks that do weird things. Like one of the weird passive shit. abilities that I do have gives all of my spells a percentage chance to do random effects. So sometimes I will can cause acid rain or a meteor to come down or like an, an additional explosion or pushback uh, or teleport enemies away. So that one's a fun one.
1: Yeah, the, uh, probably the closest uh, the, uh, the game has to a more traditional run-and-gun, uh, very agile fighter is the Outlander, which is more focused on uh, ranged bows and guns and that sort of thing. Uh, and a fair amount of movement abilities. Yeah. Uh, and the other one is the melee class, the Berserker, which is focused on both taking and uh, dealing damage, depending on the, the various abilities, and it has a, a very strong self-healing ability, where uh, 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 well, I just brought up a, a skill calculator to be able to tell you uh, um, whenever you land a critical strike, which could uh, be built up quite significantly with the berserker you draw life essence uh, from the carnage, healing you for, well, 5% at the very beginning of your life of your maximum health which at max rank builds up to 12% at rank 15, not 10. Sorry, I forgot that it's 15 ranks, not 10 ranks. I mean, that's just massive, and that's just one of the abilities.
0: Yeah, the other character type that I played the most is the Berserker. That's what I initially set off on single player to try. I don't like the melee combat as much. I mean, it's not bad,
1: uh, but the berserker can play as a ranged it's just uh, there's less op- options for it yeah
0: although that i mean that mostly comes out of my playstyle i prefer to play ranged anyways in most game type or in most games so
1: but I will say that it uh, the game doesn't punish you for, for playing melee for the most part i mean some bosses are going to be tougher based on a melee class especially ones that teleport or do odd things yeah. But overall, it's uh, very doable for any class.
0: Yeah, the, the mage has some spells that are tailored to melee or close range gameplay. There are several ones that have short ranges. There's the, it, like a magical hammer spell that you swing. It's like a, a fire hammer mm. that you swing around you um, that can be increased all the way up to a 360 degree arc. So e- each class. It, it, well, from what I've seen, the classes seem to have skills that allow you to play whichever way you'd like to. Which is nice. I don't feel like you really get punished for doing anything.
1: Yeah, I'm just um uh, looking around uh, the skill tree for the Ember Mage. I wanted to see what that summon was. i not seeing it off the top. Uh, but yeah, it's... There's a, a lot of different uh, uh, styles of play i mean uh, just the engineer i know of three different main uh, subsets and that's not even counting the different uh, overall talent trees i mean the one i play is like a hybrid of the two where i'm taking a lot of summons but i'm also you know dealing a lot of damage and building up charge so there's uh still a lot of uh lead way. and we're not even playing on the hardest difficulty though <laughs>
0: No, we're playing on... What is it? Yeah,
1: uh, sort of the... uh, I think it's four or five uh, difficulties. And... uh, and, uh, Well, since you didn't reach the late game, I will say what the late game is because there's actually two options for it. You could just go into uh, your traditional Game Plus, which uh, you start at the very beginning of the game again, but uh, levels jump up. I believe it starts at level... 50, 55 uh, with uh, better gear uh, drops and also uh, a higher chance of uh, rarer loot. But they also segregate the different game plus modes so uh, a game plus character can't go back to normal game. And that's kind of a punishment if you run too many game pluses because you're going to be cutting out more and more potential gameplay partners unless you're running with a specific group. The other mode is an endless dungeon mode where you're able to buy these maps. Oh, that have different modifiers on them, and then they be you know the enemies have a lot more health, or they deal a lot more damage, or they just explode uh, in a damaging sort of way. And you're able to tear or your adventure into doing that and build up your loot. Once you uh, complete the story, though, there's really no new content. It just throws you remixed themes uh, in the uh, new uh, uh, game plus mode or the uh, endless map mode which also has the different tile stats listed and one of the major uh, mods out there adds a lot more to the chunks because well like i talked about whenever i was talking about synthetic is that the game generates the various levels and chunks and puts them together like a jigsaw puzzle and one of the major mods is just adding more pieces to the puzzle to be able to put uh, together new levels I have noticed that I, uh, I'm familiar with a fair amount of the maps uh, in general, but that's just because I've played through this game four or five times. So, uh, overall, there's not that much repetition. It's just I've played it enough, right?
0: Um, anything else to
1: go over or through? I'm not. Sure. I mean, we've covered uh, cr- uh the basic combat. We've uh covered progression. Uh, uh what do you think of uh the fact that there's little hidden quests like you kept seeing the robot parts?
0: Um yeah, I like those. I like the secret areas, the hidden quests. Uh although I don't know what the robot parts do. We've collected several. I don't know. Yeah, there's
1: I uh, believe one more. Okay, uh, We're only about halfway through the game by the way. Okay. Uh, there's four acts, but the fourth act is a very short one, so technically three and a half. But, okay. uh, yeah, Torchlight is a very worthwhile ARPG. In right, Torchlight 2. I will say that I like Torchlight 2. Uh, maybe I should uh, mention the differences between the two games, because they are quite substantial. Uh, Torchlight, uh, the first one, it's essentially a single dungeon. With a, a single town. And it got monotonous for me. And I nearly didn't give Torchlight 2 a chance because Torchlight, the original, put me off so much uh, that it felt like a grind. But the fact that Torchlight 2 is a more traditional style of ARPG where it's essentially micro dungeons and an overall are overworld that you're able to go through, it broke up things a lot more and it's not as repetitive. The, the themes change a lot quicker. As a matter of fact, well, we've gone through, what, two, three major uh, overarching uh, dungeon themes already? Yeah. Well, we went through uh, the forest, we went the... through ice, we're in the desert. In and, the desert. Which has a sort of steampunk uh, vibe to it. So, uh, there's definitely a, a a lot of legs to it, huh?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's a good game. I would recommend it especially to someone who's like, I don't know if I'd like one of them ARPGs. I'd give it a shot.
1: Let's put it this way. Uh, I think this is going to be the biggest recommendation I could give it. On my Steam Master list, ranked by Hours Played, Torchlight is number 11. That's pretty good, considering you have like 2,000 games. And uh, let's put it this way. Uh, I have two MMOs uh, on here uh, uh, that's above it. Only thing that's uh, well, Terraria uh, it's beating it. Borderlands 2, which uh, it'll surpass that uh, as we play. Euro Truck, Star, uh, Star Trek Online, Garry's Mod, Binding of Isaac, Rebirth, Binding of Isaac, which is probably the reason why I hate it, Synthetic, Kerbal Space Program, Warframe, and uh, Team Fortress 2. Those are the only games I have more hours in. Well, uh, on Steam at least, because World of Warcraft and EverQuest would definitely beat it. Yeah. Well,
0: I like it and recommend it too, and I look forward to finishing it with you. And
1: then maybe finding another one to try. Yeah, the games that aren't quite game club games, but are fun to play together?
0: Uh, Yes, that, but also another ARPG. (laughs) Oh no, I've, uh, I got you
1: uh, uh, I got you with the bug. Mm, we'll see. We'll think, see. Who knows? Uh, well, one I can think of off the top of my head. I think you would kind of like uh, The Adventures of Van Helsing. the uh, At least the first one. Maybe the second.
0: I have one of them, or some of them. I re- reviewed those a long time ago, and I did not
1: like them. But things have changed.
0: <laughs> yeah. See, which, which one do I have? No, don't autoplay videos. <laughs> Van Helsing.
1: Well, I'm uh, going to the first one, and
0: I don't have any of them, it says, but I've definitely played them. Maybe that was one of the games that I played on the shared account.
1: Yeah, I don't see uh, having bye. it, so. Uh, but it's uh, The Incredible Adventures of Van Helsing, is sort of the same idea that's a more simplified and streamlined uh, ARPG there's yeah. a, a bit more to it than Torchlight and it's a little bit more traditional in its uh, skill trees okay uh, as in, uh, certain abilities eventually unlock other abilities, but also uh, as you uh, put points in, it unlocks other things that you can uh, level up in that ability, so yeah, yeah, it's a little bit more traditional in that sense, but it's a Torchlight 2 is definitely the gateway. Uh, If you have someone that's uh, interested, that think might be interested in ARPGs but are a little put off by some of the complexities, uh, Torchlight 2, and uh, maybe even the original Torchlight, but I would say Torchlight 2 definitely uh, is a good gateway without uh, being too dumbed down.
0: Awesome. So we both recommend, we both like.
1: Yeah, which I wasn't sure how you'd feel about it, because, you know, this has been kind of your choice and your baby on this, because you were wanting to try this. Yeah, it's
0: good to expand your horizons. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. This time I won. I found something I liked.
1: And sometimes you wake Uh, up in a tavern in a shitty game.
0: Sometimes that happens. I didn't even talk about the drunk getting drunk mechanic in Sea of Thieves. That's uh, amusing for five
1: minutes. Until you fall overboard. And
0: and and then it's pointless. You actually, yeah, you can fall overboard when you're drunk. Cause it does this forced like stagger thing where your character moves. It it does the whole <coughs> oh, I'm drunk and the screen is going wobbly. Oh uh,
1: basically uh, how uh, GTA four.
0: Yeah, but then it also forces you to move. Like you can't stand still. Um, and so you can accidentally fall off of the ship.
1: And then you, walk, you, and then you watch the ship sail away. <laughs>
0: drunk drunk sailing is also impossible. Also amusing for like two minutes. Anyways, let's move on to our next game club. Is going to be our next game club game. Yeah, and you mentioned and an adventure. For Indeed, we are going on an adventure. We're going around the world in 80 days. At least in theory. Yeah.
1: Have you ever read the book? Uh,
0: uh, Yes, I've read the book, and I watched the really bad movie with, was it Jackie Chan and someone else? There's a a
1: lot of uh, versions of Around the World in 80 days because it's in the public domain.
0: Right. 80 80. Uh, It's got Arnold Schwarzenegger. The version I'm talking about has, I'm pretty sure, Jackie Chan and Arnold Schwarzenegger. um, Now,
1: see, Jackie Chan uh, can do a good comedic movie. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, he's uh, very hit or miss whenever he's in them.
0: Yeah, he's just got a cameo. It's not a, he's not a a big character. I'm pretty sure he is a big character. He's a big ham. Well, he is, but let's see. Jackie Chan, Steve Coogan, Cecil... De France, uh, I don't know, Robert Fife, Jim Broadbent, Ian McNeese, many other people. Yeah, 2004. It's been a while since I've seen that movie. I don't remember it being that great, only mildly funny. But anyways, I digress. Uh, 80 Days. This is going to be interesting because I have it on mobile. I've had it for a couple of years at this point. It was uh, at one point a freebie on the Amazon app thing that they do every once in a while. Um, so I have played it previously, but it's been a long time. So we'll be doing a little bit of a comparison cause you have it on PC, yeah. right? So we'll see if there's any differences between the two. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Cause I liked 80 days cause this is like a steampunk themed
1: choose your own adventure.
0: Choose your own adventure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Let's so... put it this way. Uh, the, uh, the steam tags adventure story rich choices matter indie choose your own adventure interactive fiction strategy replay valuable uh, value multiple endings steampunk uh, exploration single player casual uh atmospheric relaxing great soundtrack funny romance open world short i guess we have to put psychological horror
0: <laughs> yeah let's let's throw that out or anime here. yes <laughs> And, so, we'll be talking about that in April.
1: Yeah, it won't be 80 days from now, though.
0: No, it won't. We'll have to get around the world a lot faster
1: than that. Well, with modern technology, yeah.
0: Although, after what we discussed earlier, I can't wait for May. (laughs) Fingers crossed that 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 works
1: out. Yeah, I I think I may have uh, sold you on an idea faster than I ever have before. I saw that. I was talking to Katie, so it took me a minute to
0: respond, but I saw that, and it was like, yes! Exclamation point. (laughs) Capital letters. I was very excited for that idea. So, fingers crossed, your computer likes it, and that it doesn't get delayed, or is broken, or Mm -hmm. something.
1: Yeah, but we'll be talking about that, well, in how many days? (laughs)
0: <laughs> Too many. Too many. And there's a hint. We're going to be doing a game club on a new game. That's never happened before.
1: At least so in this theory.
0: Will be, this will be fun. Yeah, in theory. Anyways, uh, ready to move on to our news topics, or do you need a break? I'm, or I'm good anything? to go. Okie dokie. On to our first news topic of the day. The Atari box was revealed at GDC. Uh, we put this on there because we speculated last week about it. Um, and yeah, here it is. Well, let's,
1: I I want to read the uh, title uh, verbatim because, uh, of this article, because I editorialized uh, Atari's Empty Box at GDC. Uh, Yep. The register, who uh, was one of the people that's reported on this, or the news sites, I should say, we sent a vulture to find the relaunched Atari box, and all we got was this lousy baseball cap. Uh, Things get surreal and sweet at Seventy eighty eight. <laughs> yeah. Um. So it is just a box that doesn't work. Yeah. It was a, a non-working like... prototype, and the yeah PR manager or the PR guy there couldn't answer a fucking thing. So yeah, yeah. Uh, they he did. Uh, uh Micah's his name. Uh, was able to answer some questions. He said that it will run Linux. It will use an AMD chipset, although he didn't know which yet. It will do 4K video. It will be like a good laptop. And it will cost about $250. So, uh, ooh, yeah.
0: Yeah, because we said, we, we discussed this briefly, and we're pretty sure we said $200 is where it's like, well, it's a niche product, but it could still compete. And anything over that, it's too expensive. And two hundred fifty boxes, I think, too expensive for this. But yeah, other than what they said that it would do, no other questions were answered. Yeah, they like didn't the, even uh,
1: were they weren't even able, able to really say what the OS was outside. Eh, it's a Linux system. I mean that that line works in Jurassic Park, but yeah, it doesn't work here. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna read a brief
0: excerpt. Uh, so the person who wrote the article said that they were asking questions, paraphrasing down to this point. They were asking questions about the the controller, the classic Atari, you know, joystick, single button controller. They said, "What happens if we plug this into our laptop?" We asked Mike. I don't know, he says. Will it work? I don't know. If we plug it into a different game machine, will it work? No. So it's custom hardware and software. I don't know about that. Mike doesn't know a lot of things about Atari VCS, standing for Atari Video Computer System, which is odd because he's the executive in charge of it. So, yeah, that's not promising. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I mean, this
1: isn't a satire site.
0: <laughs> yeah. They could be saying, or they could be going for a whole, mysterious. we're not ready, yeah. so we're not going to tell you anything and be mysterious. But, but it feels very much like he doesn't know what's going on, which, yeah, not a good sign.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, the fact that we couldn't find out which branch of uh the fractured Atari it is. Yeah. It's uh, I I'm I'm calling this right now that uh, I I'm, I'm thinking this is vaporware. I don't think we'll actually see the actual console released. It has been a while since I
0: have heard the term vaporware. Yeah, it, well, it might be. Well, I'm old.
1: Get off Get off my fucking lawn.
0: Yeah. It might be vaporware. Uh, I don't know. I'll give it a little bit more time
1: before I jump on that train. Well, considering the prototype was the shell. Yeah. And honestly, uh, well, remember how we uh, praised that the how the controller looked? Look at the controller. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it does uh, still look like a bad Xbox
0: controller. In a house. bad Xbox that, controller
1: with an orange knob. It's not even the red uh, knob now.
0: I have to say, though, I like the orange. I, I orange is one of my favorite colors. It's a it's a nice burnt orange looking color. I I can handle that. The design of the controller is garbage, but I like the orange thumbstick.
1: <laughs> yeah, that that has to be uh, just
0: well, unless it feels a lot better. A horrendous D pad. Yeah, that D pad does look like garbage. That looks a lot like the Wii U and the the Switch Pro controller. Mm-hmm. Um which are based heavily on the Xbox 360 controller but a bit less curvy, uh, more flat in places and they don't feel quite as good in your hand as the Xbox controller does, but it's not awful.
1: Um so you know one thing I don't get about this thing is why they're going so high powered for an Atari box.
0: Yeah, the only thing I can think of that they would do that, and they're saying, I'm assuming they're going yeah,
1: to- th- Well, I be- think they're wanting to go for a full multimedia device. Uh, yeah, but,
0: yeah, that's what I was getting at.
1: But they're trying to also capture the whole Nintendo classic, SNES classic, uh, re- releasing the old games along with this, supposedly, even though they don't know jack about how they're going to handle that. Or even how the licensing is going to work. Because the licensing, once you get back past Nintendo, gets messy as hell. Because individual yeah. games are licensed to individual people. Uh, uh, some of the designers were able to retain the rights to certain uh, properties. Uh, some were licensed out to uh, companies for a limited times. It was just absolute mess. So I have no idea how they would be able to have a really significant bundle of uh, games anyway and honestly uh, the Atari games are a little bit on the more simplistic side of things anyway so I'm not sure if even having a dedicated console to them really makes sense so uh, it's just it feels like really this is the Steambox idea rebranded with and thrown an Atari label on it
0: Yeah, if they did like an Atari box or something for like 50 to a hundred bucks. That was just a bunch of old Atari games. And they got all yeah, that. Sort it'd be of able out. to
1: cash on the, that thing would sell yeah, like gangbusters yeah, cash on the nostalgia value, but yeah, you know, 250 bucks uh, at that point, just you know, build yourself something.
0: Yeah. You could get a really cheap multimedia PC for that and have it for additional functionality besides whatever they were doing. Like the people who would be interested in that could do that. Yeah, and honestly, and, uh,
1: We have no idea how they're going to handle the uh, input-output. So, you know, if this has additional uh, functionality, it may require a specialized uh, connector for a keyboard uh, and uh, uh, some sort of pointing device if you want to have a proper computer. Yeah. So I'm just doing some quick... Some quick Googling I mean, of potential competition. I mean, I expected to at least have some sort of uh, stat on this thing. Not just the exec being utterly confused and having less info than what we could put together. Let's see. It looks like that they might be trying to go
0: up against the NVIDIA
1: Shield. Yeah, but that's a completely um, different market.
0: Yeah, and the price on the Shield is, oh god, loud audio stop loud noises the price on the sh- yeah the price on the shield is 230 bucks
1: yeah but the plus yeah but tax. that's more of a streaming device from a main computer isn't it
0: yeah yeah um streaming device and also multi like a built-in multimedia thing um but yeah that's like the big selling point of the shield is you can stream from your pc to your tv using it uh without having to rely on like steam's stuff or you know whatever um and if that's what they're trying to do that's fine but they should probably make that known now because as far as i'm aware the shield none of those nvidia specific products like the shield and things have done well at all Mm -hmm. um because it's too expensive and they're coming out with something that's more expensive based on what they've said than the shield and they don't even know, or they haven't even said that that's what it's gonna be. Yeah, I don't know what market this is for.
1: Well, well to be fair, into I don't think yet. To, but it sounds more yeah, likely. To be fair, I don't think even the CEO knows what this is for. Yeah, I mean, the fact that he can't even uh, tell the manufacturer of, of the actual hardware and uh, who's going to be producing these thing damn things, I, I really think this is just a scam now. I mean, it was—it was, it was smelling fishy before, with uh, you know all the delays and everything, because this was supposed to release last December, wasn't
0: it? Uh, I thought it was just announced last year.
1: I thought it was supposed to be. Re- I, supposed uh, to re- I thought it was supposed to be a pretty quick turnaround. That you know the Kickstarter was basically final production costs. Well, I could be mistaken on that because uh, Atari boxes are very common. <laughs>
0: yeah, so it looks like the next closest competitor. That if it doesn't do streaming, game streaming, is the Amazon Fire TV box, which comes with a game controller and has a built-in hard drive and some things like that. Yeah, but so that's you can basically the Ouya. Android games. Yeah, yeah. So you can download Android games to it, and that's a hundred bucks. So they overshot their market. Well, they
1: said that this is the equivalent of a laptop and not a smartphone, so maybe they're expecting to have some sort of Linux gaming on this, which, is Linux gaming uh, that uh, prevalent yet? I know it saw a big uptick whenever Steam was doing their Steam OS for, like, a week, because a lot of uh, people were uh, using that to try to get on the Steam boxes that really never materialized. I mean, I do think that there is a market for a, well, what in the day would have been called a set-top box, but now TVs are too thin for that. Uh, but yeah, some sort of dedicated PC Linux game console, uh, for lack of a better term, that just sits under the TV and does things. That's a, in between of a full-powered gaming PC and uh, a game console. You know, somewhere in between those. I do think there's a market at some point. But I really think that people are, or the the developers of these things, they're focusing too much on trying to divert PC gamers. Especially since there's things like the Steam Link, where you're not going to get the people that just want the streaming uh, capabilities and that's it. Because you're not going to be able to outbid the Steam Link. It's just way too cheap, and goes even cheaper. I mean, it, it drops down to what five bucks now during the Steam sales.
0: Yeah, I, it gets super
1: cheap. So, you're not going to get that market. That leaves, yeah, you know, trying to get maybe the casual market that wants to have the more relaxed experience, but they're not aiming for that. They're going to these big conventions where all the focus is on these, uh, these enthusiast level gamers. And the casual gamers will just never hear of it.
0: Uh, Okay, so quick Linux. uh, I'm paraphrasing this article. Uh, While it's extremely difficult to confirm numbers based on the data collected and some rough estimates based on known amount of PCs in existence, it's estimated that anywhere between 8 and 10% of PCs run on Linux.
1: Well, how about we do this? Steam Hardware Survey. And let's see if it has Linux on here. Uh, Linux, uh, 0.28% total. So a teeny tiny amount of gaming. To be fair, this isn't a scientific survey. This is thrown out occasionally. But uh, Windows, according to this, holds a 98.31% market share which has Windows 7 64-bit at 68.5%, Windows 10 64-bit at 25.41% of uh, that market share. Mac gaming is at 1.33% of a uh, total.
0: Yep. So on the gaming side, I mean it's that's always been the case that Windows is or Microsoft's various OS's have always been on top. I guess technically DOS.
1: Well, well, this doesn't have DOS DOS because... Yeah, no, obviously. But but Uh, I think this is the best uh, survey that we could probably have. I mean, uh, yeah. That would
0: be amazing if someone had a DOS machine (laughs) (laughs) running Steam somehow. Run
1: (laughs) (laughs) steam.exe.
0: Oh, that would be incredible
1: uh but yeah it uh, i mean this has to be our best option for just yeah you know, what's out there for the time being because this is the gaming market uh, uh steam is the still the biggest by far on pc well, yeah uh, uh no uh, uh, architecture not just yeah pc i should say like uh for example uh ram it, it, it gets some interesting uh results um System RAM, 8 gigs is the uh, standard right now at yeah. 44.79. And then you get some weird-ass numbers. Like 1.18% has 7 gigs of RAM, which I'm assuming is like shared system RAM. You know, uh, it may be like 8 gigs, but 1 gig is uh, to the video memory or that sort of thing. Yeah. Or someone uh, threw an extra gig in... Uh,
0: Or 9, 11, although that's not, well, it's not necessarily bad, but it's not good to run RAM that way. You're supposed to run it in either single or sets.
1: Yeah, let's put it this way. Uh, 44.79 has 8 gigs, and then uh, 40.14 has 12 or over, because that's where it cuts off. Which, it really should go up to 16, but yeah. But uh, yeah, cause, uh, let's put it this way. It has still a slot for less than uh, 512 megabytes.
0: <laughs> At zero. Zero percent less than 512. But 0.01 percent, 512 to 999
1: megabytes. Poor bastards.
0: Well, my laptop has four gigs, although depending on how it measures it, it might count in yeah, the three. Yeah, my
1: notebook. Because that, of the shared uh, RAM. Yeah. Uh, being shelved right now just because of a uh, power cord issue it has technically three because it has a four stick but one is shared to uh, the video so so it'd be in the three point oh uh, seven range so you know, th- there is the Linux market there it's just tiny and usually it's a sub uh, set of uh, major releases that does it but, you know, I, I believe uh, for access is pretty good about doing Linux distributions so, yeah, there is Linux gaming out there, but it's, you know, uh, a rarity. So, yeah, you know, the Atari box, I don't know the market for it. And it seems like the CEO doesn't either. Yeah.
0: Yeah, they don't seem to know quite what they're doing with this thing. You know, I wish them the best, but right now it's not looking so hot for them.
1: Yeah, well, I think they're going to need it. Oof.
0: Yep. So, moving on to our next news topic. The GDC's realistic talk about game sales on Steam.
1: Yeah, this was an uh, interesting one. Uh, there was a, well, a talk at GDC, I mean, it's right there. Uh, talking about how much uh, game developers earn, on average, on releases on Steam. Yes, which is not a lot.
0: Um they uh for well for starters in that percent or in that respect, uh they said eighty-two percent
1: don't make minimum wage.
0: Yeah, which in the United States is seven dollars and twenty five cents an hour is the federal minimum Mm -hmm. wage, and then there are states that have higher minimum wages, but I assume they meant the federal minimum wage. Um
1: yeah, talking about the average game on Steam will sell about two thousand copies and make uh, $12,500 in revenue in its first month, uh, based off the February uh, 2018 results, which saw 850 games launched, and 82% of those didn't make the minimum wage. That's just staggering.
0: Yeah. I mean, Steam just, we have discussed this a couple of times before in varying links and details, but Steam is just too flooded with games a lot of them being garbage uh a lot of them sort of averaged to maybe even slightly above average games but really only the best of the best or the games that get lucky enough to have someone that is incredibly influential find them uh float to the top and there are still no good curation tools. There's no good discovery tools. I mean, they have their algorithms. Yeah, the discovery queue does are...
1: work, but it's tedious. And the curators, well, the curators have to be able to find these fucking things to begin with. Yeah. I mean, we are past the point, uh, long past the point now, where just getting on Steam is enough of a marketing boost to be able to get word of math, word of mouth out. There are so many games out there that have less than a thousand sales total. I mean, just within the last year. Uh, gr- yeah. uh, Greenlight was a flawed system and didn't work, but uh, Steam Direct is even worse, it seems.
0: Yeah. The, the good side to Greenlight is that you had to have some sort of mechanism to get enough eyes onto it, and yes, there were games who broke the system and essentially cheated to get their games on Greenlight, but Most green light games, especially in the earlier days, had to find enough of a following to be put on Steam, which gave them a certain amount of publicity anyways. Whereas with um, Steam Direct, there's none of that. You pay the fee, you put your game up, that's it. Hope for the best.
1: Yeah, and uh, there's actually a reason why marketing budgets are so huge, particularly for the AAA titles. It's to be able to drive that word of mouth. uh, It's not... Cheap to do marketing, even uh, trying to just do YouTubers. Uh, some of them charge a, just a stupid amount of money. Uh, some of the major ones actually charge money to be able to, uh, to, yeah, to play a person's game, which is blows my mind to be honest. Uh, I I saw some numbers kicking around. Some of the major ones were running over twenty thousand dollars for a major release.
0: I mean. Everybody's got to make a living, but that seems excessive yeah. to me. I-, I could see charging a small fee to play a game, something like, I don't know, a hundred or a couple of hundred bucks, because that would help mitigate your risk for the time that you would have to put into the game and then doing the video mm-hmm. and putting the content up. And what if it flops? Like, I could see that. That makes sense to me.
1: But yeah, 20 grand is crazy yeah well let's just put it this way uh searching youtuber charge doesn't uh, is not helpful <laughs> uh because i'm getting a lot of uh, prominent youtubers charged with felony <laughs>
0: huh.
1: and i'm pretty sure this isn't all that one particular youtuber
0: i'm sure they'll get the sternest of slaps on the wrist but uh so
1: it, it, yeah i mean it, it does make sense to uh, charge something you know uh, but there's also, uh, it's kind of just crazy on all fronts. And the problem, uh, part of the problem is that the indie gaming scene is so chaotic, uh, especially since uh, Steam threw such a monkey wrench into things. And Steam is still the prominent force. Going on to, well, there really isn't another major front right now outside of. Itch.io, which is uh, has its own problems with just shovelware. Uh, Congregate is creating a uh, storefront uh, designed around open uh, indie games. But unless they solve the problem, that's going to have the same uh, issue. Uh, I have heard that Nintendo
0: Switch is a place where a lot of indie devs are yeah, going. Yeah, but that's also very heavily
1: um, curated. So you know, it's back to the old style of what Steam used to do, where you had to have a very major following to be able to even uh, get Valve's attention to be able to be invited. There ha- there has right. to be some middle ground here, and I'm not sure what that is, and that's part of the problem. Uh, part of the problem here is that there has to be some sort of happy medium between just open the floodgates and, yeah, let uh, let the uh, unwashed mashes sort it out, and uh, Gaben up on his ivory tower saying you may pass.
0: I mean, we know what the happy medium is. It's a curation team uh, where that with Steam, just using continuing with Steam as the example, using Direct, you pay your fee, you submit your game, and it just goes in the queue, and then the curation team goes through and looks at it, and it doesn't have to be a super big checklist, but some basics. Uh, isn't racist or sexist or how about actually homophobic? Runs? etc. You know, it's not those things. Uh, it runs is more than just uh, five minutes. You know, an empty folder. Um, and then some specific quality points. Play the game for a very short amount of time, uh, like an hour, even 30 minutes on some of this garbage. You could figure out, like, okay, this is not... Either it's broken, or it's not something that would sell. And then... You know, Either the, the game goes on to Steam if it passes the test, and if it doesn't, the person who submitted it just gets a, a little message uh, that maybe their money back, like the fee. It's like, hey, we didn't feel like your game was right for our platform because of these reasons. If you fix these and things, shit, you bruh. can resubmit it. And they would probably start with a fairly large curation team to deal, or they should start with a fairly large curation team to deal with the massive influx of games but once sort of the, I guess, the word or once a, a quality guideline has been established, I think devs that seriously want to put their games on Steam would try and meet those qualifications. And the ones who are just dumping, you know, just shoveling shit out there to try and make a quick buck would stop. They would go somewhere else well, to that's, do that.
1: Well, part of the problem is that they wouldn't stop because... Uh, the developers that were shoveling shit out there and got caught uh, with vote manipulation, of uh, review manipulation, and got banned, just come back with another name because all they have to do is pay their fee once again.
0: No, yeah, no, I get that. But if they keep submitting the same game and it keeps getting rejected, then, or a very similar game and it keeps getting rejected, then either they'll they'll go away or they'll fix their game. Like, I know that they can just resubmit under a different name or whatever, but if they keep going up against the wall and they're not meeting the quality guideline and the game kits getting rejected, eventually they'll give up and go somewhere else. Or they'll actually try and develop their game into a real game.
1: And no longer fake games? Yeah. And that's not not, not me making fun of Trump. That's actually what Steam calls them. Yeah. But,
0: you know, you have to... The middle ground is a curation system that isn't so high that you have to be a really top tier or something special game to get on, but isn't so low that all of the garbage, broken games. Yeah, but the problem is, is that that requires
1: human uh, human interaction, and Valve has been very big on algorithms. Yep, I know. And with the, I'm just saying, that's the, a solution. with the glut that's uh, coming on, uh, that shows those signs of slowing down, I might add. They require such a large team because, okay, imagine uh, you are in video game hell. You are- right. right, I'm in video game you hell. You are on this curation team. All right? All right, how, I'm on the curation team. How many games could you possibly cover a day? From install to end. Uh, let's say you have to play at least two hours. The standard uh, refund time period. You could only do a, uh, uh, three or four a day at best. You Probably one or two uh, factory and download times. Well,
0: I suppose that depends. You could get more if when you went to install the game, for example... It just didn't work, or was an empty folder? Well, let's say... It, yeah, let's you, say could prob- kicks, you could probably average... It, it, their
1: algorithms uh, are programmed to kick out anything that wouldn't run, that has no files in it whatsoever. That's empty folders. That's just... Okay. Yeah. Uh, it it uh, tries to boot the game. If it boots, it goes into the queue. Alright?
0: I You could average three a day, then. Because if you're working a regular old-fashioned eight-hour workday then that's six hours of play time for the games and two hours in the corner a crying. little bit of time a little bit of time to make some notes on things and then the download would be easy um if you're work if you're at valve's actual
1: well, well i'm not headquarters, well, i'm not assuming that it would then, be at the actual headquarters i'm assuming that you are uh, the trained monkey uh, out on the internet
0: well, I mean, still, you could plan ahead of yeah, time. True. You could download these games well, ahead of time. Well, and so well, that wouldn't well, really be a factor. Well, let's
1: assume Valve built it as the, inefficiently as possible. Yeah. It, I mean, you could still you, you d- do it. You, ahead. Uh, it gives you a specialized uh, Steam client that downloads the next game in your queue. And you don't choose. That's fine. But still, a day. Most of uh, these games are 40 f- a day. So that would. Uh, uh, let's call it. You mean, well, no, that, that's what was released on steam in the, in the month of february on average 40 a day okay uh so let's call it 20 people that's that's 13 people well i was uh, i was adding uh yeah you know, uh, rounding up fairly significantly so that's actually fairly doable but that's also uh, is that uh 7 days a week or 5 days uh i mean the curation team no. could work but the thing is that uh they would get such a backlash that Does it, uh, is it worth it?
0: I think it's worth it. I think actually having a backlog is a good thing for that. Um, you would start out with a larger team than you would end up with, but the initial backlog of all of the garbage just clogging up steam, I think, would be a good thing. As weird as that sounds, like it would just slow it down, you know, people would think twice about whether or not they would. Like the actual people who cared about games would think twice about what they were going to do. And eventually you'd just wind up with all the garbage dumping on Steam and that would all just get rejected. And eventually, like I said, those people would just give up and go somewhere else that their games weren't currently be rejected. It would really suck for six months to a year. But when you get as bad as steam is when you've got, you know, your entire house filled with bags of trash and it's leaking everywhere and it's smelly, it's going to take you a while to get that cleaned up. But then once you get it cleaned up and the system is streamlined, then as long as you're taking your trash out every day or, you know, every day for the analogy, then that backup's not going to happen anymore. And sure. Sometimes somebody will make a mess and you've got an extra bag of trash here or there, but it all will average itself out.
1: Yeah, but if they do this, a uh, uh, curation team, it has to be very transparent on what the guidelines are because uh, that would uh, mitigate some of the backlash of some of the gatekeeping outcry. Because uh, I could just... Uh, we, well, we've seen what Valve has to deal with on the internet whenever they were more choosy. And we've seen, well, we've seen it from other uh, uh, distributors recently. I mean, look at GOG with uh, Opus Magnum. Uh, They rejected it because they thought it looked too much like a bubble game. Never mind the fact that they've sold Zaktronic games before, but that's beside the point. Uh, They saw a huge outcry because of it. So they have to be prepared whenever they reject something. Erroneously, and they have to be double checking. It, I would say instead of a twenty-man team, bump it up to fifty. Even though t- uh, yeah, twenty would be able to comfortably maintain uh, the income most likely. Bump it up to fifty. Have it uh, each game done twice, and then a final review by a supervisor. Uh, to be able to uh, have a some sort of report card saying. Okay, the game failed because of this point, at this point, at this point. It didn't mean our community guidelines because of this, 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 and this. And also, I think this would be a great opportunity for Valve to take a serious look at their community guidelines, particularly around nudity and sex. And how it's kind of a double standard around AAAs, but then indies and uh, visual novels have to kind of skirt around this with third-party secondary patching or DLC from other sites and it would be a way to really become more transparent on how they handle their games but of course we are still talking about a fantasy world where this uh, team of 50 people looking at the shit coming on steam and trying to clean it up exists
0: yeah you would be incredibly lucky if they got a 10 to 20 person team put together to do that you're you're living in in the good timeline where Valve hires or somehow puts together a 50% Where Valve is actually producing this. games? Yeah. I mean, I don't expect Valve to do anything about this, but the way to fix it is the way that it's always been to fix all of their problems. Get more some humans With human eyes, looking at this stuff. That's how they could fix all of their problems. But, I mean, Valve doesn't have to because they still make more money than God every day. So
1: you know yeah it's really sad that effort. god has to uh, settle for handouts right
0: <laughs> yeah uh, he he just gets to take whatever people give him whereas valve is like fuck you that's my money but uh
1: yeah are we ready to move on to our next topic i, I think so uh, <laughs> we got uh, kind of off track but also not it's a, a weird uh limbo it was topic
0: Indeed. All right, EA is hiring for an open-world Star Wars game. Yeah, speaking game, of uh, people this is hiring, gonna be,
1: this is more your baby.
0: Yeah, this is going to be a short topic. I just found it interesting um, in the wake, and I mean, this is very early on. We don't know anything about what this game is going to be other than they've said open-world. Um, but I just think it's interesting that after all of the bad shit that went down around Battlefront 2 and there were multiple occasions where that they were saying like, people don't want single player games anymore. We're just going to do multiplayer games of service. And they could still do games of service with a single player game. I'm not like blind to that fact, but all of a sudden like, Oh, we're going to make a,
1: a single player star Wars game. You know, uh, what's uh, that? Uh, an open world star, a star Wars game, single player. Uh, that has to be either a fucking huge game with a lot of, uh, open worlds, I mean, you know, be able to travel between them, or some sort of bullshit way to try to limit it to a planet or two, or it's going to be incredibly shallow. Well, I mean, there's several planets in Star Wars that you could
0: stay on for the whole game and have very different um, environments. Uh, Coruscant, the, the massive city planet, to those who are, well, one of, but the only massive city planet we ever see in the mainline movies has got several different levels to it. Like there's the upper terraces where that all the rich people and the politicians are. And then there's sort of the middle class area, which is like down in the city. There's the slums, which are actually on the ground as opposed to being in the skyscrapers. Then there's the subterranean levels. There are many different environments that you could have in uh, just being set on on. And you, depending on what timeline they choose, you could be a Jedi who's doing something, or a bounty hunter, or a mercenary, or hell, even like a cop. You could be, you know, a security guard or a cop, and do a lot of things with that. So there's lots of room to play uh, with it, without I'm, them having to going go back and thinking, planet hopping. Uh, tr-
1: that troops uh, parody of uh, cops uh, that that I showed you ages ago. That would be amazing.
0: Yes, um, but yeah, I mean, you could do it set on a planet. You could go multiple planets. Uh, if they went with the bioWare style like if they did a s- basically Star Wars Mass Effect you could do anything with that. Um it just I guess it, it mostly depends on what their definition of open world game turns out to be. You know, which path do they take it
1: on? Yeah, to be fair, this is uh assuming this materializes because this is literally just a job posting is not it? If we're looking at probably 2020 at the very earliest before uh, any real news coming out about this.
0: Yeah. And it depends on whether or not they're picking up an old project because there were several there the, besides just star Wars, 1313, there were several star Wars projects that were canned in the last couple of years on the run up to battlefront two. Um, So depending on whether or not they pick up an old project or are starting from scratch, would change that timeline, but yeah, it's still going to be a while before we found out anything. Yeah, I'm sure. probably
1: being a little generous on 2020, but that's assuming, uh, yeah, a new project and reworking it.
0: Yeah, I would say by 2020 we would get some kind of, like, tease at E3, maybe like a, a Star Wars teaser trailer that doesn't really show anything. That's probably what we'd get
1: at 2020. Unless this is like a bubble game. Yeah. Uh, did I just break your heart on saying a mobile game open world Star Wars?
0: No, not necessarily. There's one older Star Wars mobile game that is a an RPG that is pretty decent. So they could do a good job with it. I don't believe that EA would if they did, but they could. And I'm not quite so cynical yet. Or not oh, quite give, so me glass empty, that, give me time. Last half empty. Give me time,
1: I'll work you over.
0: Star, Star Wars is one of the only things that I ever really have hope for. I'm always hopeful that another Star Wars thing is going to be good. And so far, they haven't broke my spirit yet.
1: Uh, Give EA some time. Or some uh, but, uh, money for loot boxes. One of the two.
0: But... Yeah, I just... I was pretty excited to see that. um, Because I would love a Star Wars Mass Effect. Or even like a Star Wars Dragon Age type game or Star Wars Assassin's Creed. Um, Star Wars is a theme that I, you know, I, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I mean, we've had multiple talks about sci-fi stuff on the show, and I've talked about books and extended universe things and etc. Yeah, Star uh, I, Wars I is some... almost
1: a genre and not a, a theme. Yeah, there's just so yeah. many things that you could do with it.
0: Yeah, so, you know, I'm, I'm down for anything Star Wars as long as it's good. I mean, obviously, I didn't buy Battlefront 2, because I let games come out and see what they're going to be like before I buy them. Obviously. But. I mean, you're abiding by the commandments. Otherwise, you get a spanking. Then right. <laughs> Thou shalt not pre-order. And I'm not, like, super big into spanking. It's definitely not like Donald Trump.
1: <laughs> hey watch What's the 60 Minutes interview, y'all, uh, if you I haven't? Ha- I have it because uh, it's uh, every time I see a link for it, it's been within 12 hours of the last time I've ate. Yeah, you can watch the whole thing on
0: cbs.com over on their 60 Minutes Portal page thing. It's real
1: fascinating. Maybe that's what viewer needs to do to be able to get them in line. Just spank them a few times.
0: There, That meme has been going around on Reddit. I'm sure it has. And on all the late night talk shows. Colbert made that exact uh, joke. I hadn't like,
1: seen Colbert yet.
0: Yep, he's like, all right, Mr. Trump, it's now we're going to talk to you about the Russian <laughs> collusion. And he's like rolling a magazine. Like, well, I mean, fake rolling a magazine. Yeah.
1: Well, remember, it has to have this yeah, picture on it, otherwise it doesn't count.
0: Well, there's plenty of things with this picture on it. so Yeah,
1: plenty of, of toilet paper these days. <laughs> yeah.
0: But, uh, but, yeah, that's really all I had to say about it. I just found it fascinating uh, that they had backpedaled from so many, like, single-player or... RPG-type experiences, wanting to focus on just this multiplayer stuff. Yeah. And then Battlefront 2 fell apart, and now they're like, uh, okay, maybe we uh, should especially put together- Especially with the
1: House of Mouse breathing down their neck, because you have to imagine that they are close to losing their exclusivity rights. Yeah. I suspect that they had a very long conversation
0: about <laughs> A that. very
1: awkward conversation. Even though I know that this entire uh, uh, yeah, loot box thing wasn't A surprise to Disney. uh, Disney uh, is very hands-on with Star Wars. Yes, they are. There is no way that this loot box was a complete surprise. Maybe the outcry, because Disney... Well, let's put it this way. Disney shut down LucasArts. I I think that's all you need to say about uh, how they handle video games and how they understand video game culture. They shut down... One of the most well-known point-and-click adventure uh, 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 companies—they uh, shut down the key Star Wars front when they got it uh, in video. Well, game. yeah, but
0: well, as soon as they got it, they declared all of the old stuff like non-canon; it doesn't count yeah. anymore, except for a few specific items, because they wanted to wash their hands of that and do their own so is thing Star, in Star Wars, Wars?
1: Uh, holiday special uh, canon or
0: yes the holiday special i think is still canon
1: of all the things that kept that i think let's, let's do
0: some googling
1: <laughs> i i know that they kept I, I all of the movies because, uh, yeah i i was expecting that not to be canon it didn't uh wasn't there uh, uh some sort of uh, uh cartoon uh fairly recently that was focusing on the droids or am i or am i thinking of something else?
0: There was a cartoon, but I think that came out in the eighties. Um, it focused on C three PO and R two D two. I, thought, that, I thought there was uh, and...
1: talk of uh, reviving that at one point, uh, not too
0: long ago. There may have been talk of reviving it, but at least at this point, it's not a thing. Um, so I don't know.
1: Hey, uh, hey, I gotta give R two D two and C three PO credit. They are Hollywood's most lasting gay couple. <laughs> Or just very British. I, it's kind of hard to tell sometimes.
0: Yeah, the holiday special is still canon. <laughs> it was It was never explicitly said that the holiday special was stripped from canon and become legends when Disney did that to almost everything from the Star Wars Expanded Universe. Most people assumed that the holiday special was part of that and it was no longer canon. But in 2015, uh, it was stated that the holiday special is still canon. <laughs>
1: Wait, that means be authors in uh, the uh, Star Wars universe. So so you've got the holiday
0: special, (laughs) all of the movies, the Clone Wars TV show, the Rebels TV show, and I think that's it. I think everything else is Legends. A lot of the stuff from Legends, though, has come back in new canon books and other materials so they're just uh,
1: basically bringing in the old content once again how very ea of them
0: yeah well disney is not necessarily known for being
1: consumer <laughs> friendly
0: either uh so you know
1: uh just wait till they start selling expansion packs for expansion packs
0: <laughs> oh god oh we forgot that we didn't put that on the, the list this week but yeah ea did that they sold an expansion pack for one of their expansion uh, well, packs. Well, Sims they sold 4. a
1: DLC for one of their expansion packs. Well, to right. be- uh, Right, To play devil's advocate, you didn't have to have the expansion pack to be able to use the DLC. Only you, you didn't get all of what that was in the DLC if you didn't have the expansion pack. Which, most of it was revolving around the pets. Which, EA also has this fucking annoying thing with the Sims where every time they update the full version- Uh, to the next iteration in the series, they drop pretty much all the expansion packs and all the content in them, and then they release them as new expansion packs. And also some of the core gameplay mechanics as well. Well, I was uh, including that as expansion packs because typically some of the major ones add uh, a core gameplay, like uh, weather, for example, which hasn't gotten back into The Sims 4 yet now that I think about it. I don't think... I want to go play the Sims 3 again. Yeah. Oh, well, The Sims 3 doesn't even have an ultimate edition. Sims 2 does.
0: Yeah, no, the Sims 3 you still have to buy everything. Which is they sell a couple of yeah, packs. Which is that expensive. Are, yeah, they sell a couple of versions that have packs attached, but you can't get all of I mean, them in a single purchase. Even when it
1: goes on sale, it's still like $150 for uh yeah, the full experience. In the, in the yes. Sims 3, it's its engine wasn't really built around having that much glut on it. So, they're, uh, yeah. So you start hitting some severe performance issues, even on modern hardware, because the, uh, the program just can't handle everything. And the way that the Sims yeah. 3 is built, they never really unload all the other stuff, so all the other Sims are still running around woohooing wherever.
0: Yeah, you can still ho- out-horsepower it, though. For the most mm-hmm. part. I mean, once you glom on too many things, it freaks out. Um, I've got enough that I kind of have to pick and choose my favorites to run. But uh, all that background stuff, I mean, with a an 8-core processor, I usually don't see any problems. On my laptop, I do. On my laptop, it dies very quickly after about yeah, I only have, 15 uh, or well, 20 hours. I only have
1: uh, the Ultimate Edition of Sims 2. I don't technically own the Sims 3. Yarg. Uh, Not not that you can blame me for The Sims 3, right? Yeah, I
0: did have a pirated version of The Sims 3, which I had purchased a long time ago. And then they changed a bunch of stuff, and I couldn't, like, reactivate my copy. So I got a pirated version, but then I wound up just buying it again, because it was easier to buy it on Steam. Well, I don't care that much about The
1: Sims 3. I played it a little bit, uh, just to get a feel for what it is. And I like building houses and trapping people in walls. You know, like you do. Yeah.
0: The, uh, according to this, I've only played The Sims for nine hours on Steam. That can't be right. I've definitely played it longer than that. I'll definitely be playing it soon, though, because talking about this makes me want to go play it. I'll start a new Sim, and he will be a loner who writes books and plays on the internet all day, every day. And uh,
1: tries to creep out people at the park to get woohoo's.
0: The Sims is really fun if you play as just one person. It's pretty fun if you play as a couple. But as soon as you start having kids, just like in real life, it gets awful.
1: <laughs> oh, poor King.
0: It it becomes tedious and time-consuming, and you can't just leave your kid alone because they'll die. Yeah, because the, uh, because the AI
1: isn't smart enough to be able to handle it. Yeah. So two two's enough.
0: I like to play as like a single parent too, because you can start with a teenager and, or I think you start with like a uh elementary school kid, and a parent,
1: and that's a fun way to play. I always like uh, doing just the homeless to... challenge. It, you know, uh, sell everything and then just bum, because it's hilarious. <laughs> I've
0: I've never, I tried doing that once. I froze to death. Uh, I I accidentally. Exhausted my character, mm-hmm. and so they just like passed out on the ground. And it was, I was playing with the seasons ah. pack, so and it
1: was winter time, and they froze to death. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I last time I tried it, I had the seasons pack, uh, but I, I did have a tent like on this. I, I used all the money to buy the smallest lot and build like a forest with a tent, <laughs> so technically, it wasn't homeless. you really can't do that in the sims anyway it makes me wonder why we well I realize probably why but uh, why we haven't really seen a lot of games try to encroach on the sims I mean I realize that it's a lot of animations it's a lot of character work it's a lot of systems behind the scenes and that's probably part of the reason why they wipe the slate clean every time because there's a lot of spaghetti code but at the same time we don't really have anything else in this genre. Well, The Sims is
0: also a fairly niche yeah, true. genre that it's filling. I don't know if there's room for many more games. Maybe if The Sims 5 is terrible. It'll have a battle royale mode. <laughs> <coughs> oh my god. Did you see... Um, what was the the multiplayer bot building Robo-craft? game that you played? Uh, it has a battle royale yeah, mode. Yeah, did you see... Ro- Oh, yeah, no, oh, no it, Royale. It, it got
1: better. It got better. Uh, okay. They launched... Uh, uh, And we are completely off topic, but what the hell? Robocraft Royale re- launched at a $15 price tag. Less than 24 hours later, they reverted and went free to play because nobody bought it. Yeah, I'm sure. they. Uh, when I looked yesterday, because I, I had to restart Steam and I got you know the Steam uh, pop-up saying... Okay, this is uh, all the stuffs going on in the store. I saw it. It's like that released. Uh, that's its own game because I kept seeing it pop up on Keymailer, and I thought it was like a, a beta code for uh, the mode in game or something, you know. So yeah, uh, went to it, and since I have Steam Enhanced installed, I saw the player counts, and it was like seven. <laughs> that's no, that's no bueno because they're doing the
0: hundred or 100 vehicle thing. How many people are playing it right now? Well, it's gotten
1: better since uh, they went free uh, to play, but it's still not great uh, last time I checked. All right, here we go. Robocraft
0: Royale. 223 playing right now. Today's peak, 431. All-time peak,
1: 431. (laughs) Oh, man. Got the... uh, uh, well, just uh, look at their uh, uh, recent updates. Now we're free to play! <laughs> uh, March 26th. We've come live and have a lot more to come. Uh, March 27th. We're down free to play.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna try it out this week, because why the hell not?
1: But, yeah, this looks terrible. Yeah, and supposedly it's a lot of player-made bots, Uh, and you're going in and Basically, uh, randomizing what you're getting. So, yeah. And also, supposedly, it runs like absolute horseshit. That's a shark. That's kind of neat, I guess. Uh, The biggest
0: selling point of Robocraft, though, was building your own bots. Yeah, until
1: you uh, came up against uh, people running the beta bots. You know, uh, well, not really exploiting uh, in the traditional sense of the word, but exploring the uh, way that the game handles its damage model so uh, whenever you shoot them it uh, splits off the damage in a particular way so they're a hell of a lot more tanky than what they really uh, should have been
0: yeah oh well, that's like a centipede that's neat looking too
1: but the fact that yeah, you know, it's randomized and uh you know, you could get a bot that would just completely screw you so you know you get a airplane well you're no longer in cover yeah yeah, I'll check that out this week. Yeah, well, I I'd really have little interest in trying it.
0: Why the hell not? It gives me something fun to talk about.
1: Well, I All thought right. you were going to try uh, RiverCraft right now.
0: I am. Moving on to our last news topic of the night, of the day, of the show. Uh, of whenever. Microsoft, Microsoft banning offensive language from Skype and Xbox. Oh, well, fuck. And call I, drops. <laughs> I have seen... Massive blowups on the Xbox subreddit I about this. I didn't even this. go to the
1: subreddit. Uh, I didn't even think of that. Oh, I need to go do that. Uh, so, I don't.
0: I don't know if it's passed already. When was this announced? Because uh, I saw some this stuff really, about it uh,
1: was announced a couple, yes, a couple uh, of days yeah, ago, yeah, a day maybe or two ago. But yeah, there. Uh, uh, According to this, now that there, there's people saying that they're not doing it. So, uh. uh We'll we'll talk about this anyway. What the hell? We'll do it live.
0: Oh yeah. I'm I'm looking at the. There's no policy change for offensive language on the subreddit. Um. So a couple of days ago, though, Microsoft announced, or there was a. I don't. Was it a big announcement, or was Uh, it
1: it a small thing? I don't remember. Supposedly, it's just an update to their terms of service. From everything that I've uh, been able to glean. Right, and they were gonna uh,
0: be saying that they were gonna be banning banning people from uh, Xbox Live services, uh, Skype, and other things like that for using yeah, offensive language. Down, uh,
1: offensive language across Xbox Live, Skype, Office, and everything. Uh, office with uh, their document sharing. It was uh, in the uh, code of conduct that they updated. Right, uh, and that if you got
0: banned, you wouldn't be refunded for anything. Um, regardless of whatever platform you had spent money on, you wouldn't be refunded for it. Uh, And everyone on at least the Xbox subreddit went apeshit for like a day because they were like, Oh my
1: God, I've, what
0: does this yeah, mean? Yeah, are they spying on me? Are they going to well, ban well, me that's, for well, swearing? That's the thing,
1: is that everything I've seen uh, people have, uh, not be able to figure out what they mean by offensive language. So are they talking, you know, just English, uh, uh, racist slurs? Are they, uh, talking uh, uh just me saying fuck okay no we're, we're still good unless you uh are being quiet and being funny <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah i couldn't i couldn't hold it in i was gonna go for a little longer but i couldn't hold the silence in anymore
1: i was just giggling uh but yeah the, uh, this is just a complete lack of uh, transparency on what they mean so people are going absolutely bad shit and Uh, Now there's uh, conflicting things coming out, and it's just uh, a complete clusterfuck. Yep. And uh, this has been kind of a trend going around. I mean, Blizzard has been doing essentially the same thing, or talking about doing the same thing. Trying to clean up their act. Uh, uh, Going after uh, racist, uh, anti-gay, and just... They're trying to police human nature, and I, I realize what they're trying to do. They're trying to clean their image, but at the same time, they're just drawing more attention to it. Uh, yeah. Maybe it's just me uh, not playing these games and having a little bit of a thicker skin, or just hitting the mute because that's the other thing. Yeah,
0: I'm I'm okay with certain things being bannable offenses. Um and ultimately it's up to the platform,
1: uh, yeah, of holder course. and
0: operator to determine what they want to do. Um, but yeah, there's certain honestly, things that uh, just uh, mute them or leave the chat. Or honestly, whatever. the like, big
1: thing, not even racist, homophobic, or whatever. What I would go after is unsportsmanlike conduct, as in uh, going in and intentionally killing your teammates if it, there's friendly fire, uh, making it so that the gameplay is a less enjoyable experience, which may fall under the overarching umbrella of this, but not the actual targeted thing.
0: Xbox used to have a really good system, at Xbox Live, I suppose, a really good system for dealing with those sorts of players. They had multiple ways to report players. There was a rating system that each person had that was just, a simple five-star system, but uh, the higher that you were rated, the better person you were to play with, and you could automatically um, avoid games with people who had, like, these Was all things that you could set up. Uh, you could avoid people below a certain star rating because they were most likely to be either, you know, just generally shitty people, or people who did things for like squeakers, that. squeakers, uh, team-killing, and screaming? something like that. Yeah. Wait, wait, is, Xbox is a squeaker a really could good system a derogatory term these days? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so there was this girl. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> that I went to high school with. Um she's a really sweet girl. I was acquaintances with her, but one of my friends had a crush on her. Oh no. Um and every time she laughed, she squeaked. Um I don't think that she did it on purpose. Like it didn't seem you know like how sometimes some people will yeah. snort when they laugh too hard. It was like that. Sometimes when she laughed too hard, she would squeak like this little hiccupy like, <laughs> but like it was a higher pitched because she was a girl. I don't know if you heard that or not. Um, and he used to call her squeakers. Oh, and and he asked her out one time and she said no, which is sad because my friend was really attractive. I mean, he wasn't like I mean, he was he was nerdy, mm. but he was like six foot something like Oh, so he's three. the hollywood
1: version of nerdy
0: yeah yeah he was and he didn't work out or anything like i used to go hang out with him all the time he would smoke pot and eat junk food and and we would play video games in other words together. we hate him for his
1: genetics uh,
0: we hate him for his wait genetics. Wait, wait wait but uh, she turned wait, him down we, because, we, a nerdy kid. because
1: uh, we hate somebody for their genetics uh
0: is is it offensive probably so yeah probably <laughs> But no, that just that reminded me of Squeakers.
1: Uh, well, and she, I'm sorry, go ahead.
0: She was the receptionist uh, at where I used to go to the dentist before we moved, uh, and I ran in like I didn't know, you know, I'd been going to the dentist there for years, and she got a job, like the there the year that we moved or the year before we moved, and when we walked in, I went Squeakers, <laughs> and she was like, No one has called me that in like. Almost 10 years, Jared. And now I must kill you. I was like, I was like, I'm sorry. I don't remember your name. I just remember you as Squeakers, And she was like, that's okay. And then she killed you. And then you respond. <laughs> She's very, she was very attractive, too. She was like, but yeah, she was a preppy kid. And he was like a nerd, but he had the good genetics.
1: Well, obviously not Although I ran enough into,
0: genes. I ran into Ben. His name was Ben. I ran into Ben later, like, uh, like two years ago. And... uh Life has not treated him kindly. Uh-oh. His either his good genes have failed him, or uh, he just finally overcame them with too my too many drugs and too much alcohol and junk oh, food. Damn.
1: Maybe Squeaker's made the right choice after all. I don't know.
0: Maybe I'm not gonna get into the the whole history of my friend. It's rather tragic. Everybody's got mm-hmm. someone in their life that they know that that yeah. happened to. So, yeah. Speaking of being off topic. Yeah.
1: <laughs> hey, could show it, our content.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because we're definitely going to be over the the yeah, time I mean, limit we this week. We just kicked over 3
1: hours. Uh but uh well, getting back on topic. Uh I didn't put it on the docket because I didn't think we'd have much to talk about for it, but what the hell at this point? Uh, we've been talking of this week. Uh lizard is actually kind of combating this uh sort of to- uh uh toxic behavior as well be able to flag people uh, to be not teammates with uh, did you see that going around? No, maybe. okay. well, it's coming what? up in, uh, and coming patch for overwatch uh, and the it's I understand the concept, but it seems completely ineffective for two reasons. one, it's a three or sorry, it's a, a seven day uh, time. so uh, let's say. You really pissed me off with your story of squeakers, okay?
0: <laughs>
1: okay. Uh, and I mark you as, I don't want to be teammates with you for uh, a while. It's a seven-day lockout, all right? Okay. Let's say I just found squeakers uh, as a very offensive uh, derogatory term or something. Yeah, may- Maybe I identify as a dog toy, I don't know. Okay. Well, I only have two slots that I could use this on. With the seven-day cooldown. If I mark a third person, then the first person I marked is no longer active. It just seems completely ineffective. Oh, that's stupid. It, What's the point? It's a fix for showing trying to do something, I guess. I, I understand why they don't want it to be unlimited, because then it becomes yo know, this person annoyed me this person just didn't perform up to my a uh, glorious standard you know they, they didn't pop uber whatever the overwatch version of it is uh quickly enough or you know that they were uh, crappy whatever uh, so i don't want to be teammates with them and you know blanket uh, too many of those and you start having matchmaking issues but at the same time two seems a little on the low side especially if you're trying to come back Toxic behavior in an environment that breeds toxic behavior, a very fast-paced, uh, a sort of team game, but it focuses more on individual play. Overwatch is a very weird game when it comes to that, where it, it's not really a team game, it's more just a uh, team deathmatch, where individual players yeah. have such a high uh, stake in things. Uh, that it it's very easy to get toxic behavior and uh, the s- same thing for you know the, the dota uh, or yeah the Moba community with dota uh heroes of the storm uh heroes of new earth which i'm sure a uh, ceo uh, just got very excited that i remember them in league of legends where it's the same si- sort of idea where it reads toxic behavior you know two uh, slots there would be completely ineffective and that, those are, you see a lot less individual players because of the team, of the, uh, of the, uh, just the general match times. So it just, uh, it's the same sort of idea that there's uh, trying to crack down on toxic behavior in online gaming. But I really think that uh, this is a lot of effort being put into something that just can't be controlled. I'll tell you what would control it though. Dedicated servers. Okay. Having individual communities. Yes, but dedicated servers cost more money. And also, well, well I'm talking about uh, the ability for fans to make dedicated servers. I remember back when I played oh, Team okay. Fortress yep. 2, there were certain servers you'd go onto that they would have uh, essentially house rules. So, you know, they would have... Uh, if. If there's more than two spas, you can even be a spa on your team. Uh, they would have modified respawn rates. But matchmaking is completely killed off the community-made dedicated server. So that was the complete... Uh, yeah, that was how you would handle it back in the day. Is that uh, a well-moderated, community-driven server... Someone gets on as a complete asshole... Uh, the bud will say, well, you're not on our server anymore. Or you cuss on the Christian TF2 server, which actually happened to me. <laughs> wah, wah. So, uh, yeah, they, they are out there. That is the idea that would curb this. But because the matchmaking has to be this centralized list now, uh, if you're running into all sorts of Issues that wouldn't happen back in the day. Or maybe I'm just being old bogey. Because I remember what a server list looks like.
0: Yeah, I never played very much on dedicated servers. Uh, matchmaking was a very prevalent part of gaming by the time I swapped over to mostly, or heavily PC gaming. The PC gaming that I did before matchmaking was a thing was mostly single player stuff, or... Like, real-time strategy. Well, that's
1: part of the reason why I I have so many hours in Team Fortress 2 was I had a list of probably about a dozen different uh, dedicated servers that uh, were active at different points of the day, had different map rotations. So, let's say I wanted to pay uh, uh, some payload. Well, I know this uh, set of uh, servers typically runs uh, payload maps and have uh, good communities around them. Uh, the set uh, has some uh, payload maps and it's more general also uh, uh, communities that I like and that's a, just something I kind of miss uh, these days and uh, Blizzard is trying to basically well Blizzard Microsoft is trying to deal on a massive scale what server managers server mods used to deal with back in the day when you know they would have the full server and you know, someone just setting uh Not even idle, just in the uh, spectator slot. uh, Keeping an eye on things. On a well-moderated server. Yeah. So maybe that's why some of this... uh, In theory, it's not a bad idea. But it just seems odd because this was dealt with back in the day. Back in my day. Trying to decide which sort of sarcastic joke to
0: go with there. We
1: uh, had to download and it was uphill both ways download on a 56k modem and you better hope mom doesn't pick up on the phone
0: yeah i was uh i was a fancy kid i had my own phone line in my room back in the dial-up days
1: well, A i uh
0: i asked for that for christmas one year <laughs> and my parents couldn't understand why i wanted my own phone line in my room like they were aware of the internet but they didn't really understand everything you could do with the internet. Porn. And I was like, I want want my own phone line. Well, yeah, among other things, porn. But I had my own phone line in my room. And uh, the jack is still in there. Like, my room, my old room... Oh, I'm sure there was some jacking in there. Has been turned into a guest room. But you can go move the bed and see the old phone line jack. I mean, it doesn't work. My parents haven't had a landline phone for, oh god, a decade? Um, but... Yep, I used to have a, a my own phone line and then when we got uh, high speed internet finally I had a, a wall jack put in in my room too for that an, an ethernet
1: line uh, well uh, shall we uh, move along to the community corner
0: yeah we can I've really been talking about <laughs> things from from my past this week and nothing too like saucy maybe the squeaker story uh, not really though
1: yeah, uh, you're getting nostalgic. You're getting old.
0: I'm not gonna tell any sexy stories today. We'll save those for next time when we need to pat out some
1: <laughs> some time. I'll tell sexy stories. Oh, so ones that don't involve you. Got it. Uh, so community corner. We only had uh, one uh, tweet this week, and I accidentally closed my show notes at some point. Uh, it was from Kyle saying, "For the record, I don't think I'm stupid for not figuring out uh, sh- uh for figuring shit out in the surge." Just it was a bit on the audio letter, I got gotcha. you well, besides, we know well, it's I'm your glad you don't besides we know way. it's your subconscious that's uh, thinking you're stupid, not you,
0: Kyle well, regardless, Kyle, I don't think you're stupid, I
1: think you're very intelligent. What? I'm looking for a dear wedding later this year. We should just uh, be a bit uh, concerned about him having a subconscious that's arguing with them
0: <laughs> not really much of a subconscious, so we can all hear it, or can we or are we all in uh,
1: Kyle's delusion? Uh, do we even exist? Oh God!
0: Oh God! What if Kyle's the only real one? What if we're all figments of his imagination? That's some deep philosophical, scary shit right there.
1: No, I think the scary, the scary shit is when that Mexican platter kicks in. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> It'll be all right. Keep calm and carry on.
1: Uh, but. Well, If that's all the Community Corner we had this week. If you wish to help pad out the Community Corner and not the rest of the show, you could do so by sending us an email, vglpodcast, at gmail.com, or tweet us, vglpodcast, on the Twitter. Yeah, I would just fill
0: up Community Corner with sexy stories as a threat, but some of you would like that, (laughs) Kyle. (laughs) Chemis, I know you two would like that for a fact. We told sexy stories for like an hour one time. Who knows? Some of some other listeners might like to hear sexy stories. Oh, look at it this way. You
1: could narrate them for Franken content.
0: <laughs> I
1: just gave you a hell of an you,
0: idea, did I? Narrate sexy stories for YouTube content.
1: Well, look at it this way. I'm already demonetized. Don't have to worry about being demonetized.
0: Yeah. Alrighty. Did you. Sorry, I got a little distracted. Did you say the email address yeah. and everything before I just. Okay. And um, let's we'll, head, we'll head on over say it to again. Discovery Channel. Uh, podcast
1: at gbound.com and VGL Podcast on Twitter.
0: There you go. Now let's doobly doo with the Discovery Yeah, And Tube. I got
1: one right away.
0: I haven't even pulled mine up yet. I don't even have Steam open anymore. I
1: must have closed that tab. I got PixArk. This is Ark Survival Evolved with Voxel Graphics. In, in early access. I mean, this is literally a rip-off of uh, Ark Survival Evolved, and it's high-profile enough that it actually got tweeted out by the official Steam <laughs> Twitter account. And it has uh, over 4,000 players right now, almost 5,000. So, it's essentially Minecraft and Ark Survival Evolved. <laughs> Must uh, play better, though. But the, uh, I guess this has an, uh, got enough of the rather dogmatic uh, survival uh, uh, sandbox uh, crowd that it uh, uh, has gotten a, at least a good start. And this isn't the f-
0: I like the I, look I of mean, it. it.
1: It definitely doesn't look ugly. It's it, a lot of people uh, uh, saw complaining on the Twitter were complaining Complaining about it being Minecraft uh, uh, Arc, but this is more high fidelity. This is more voxel graphics. Yeah, you know, or I should say smaller voxels, because Minecraft is still voxels; it's just bigger ones. I do like the trees though; they're low poly. uh You see them on the screenshot there, if you're looking. Yeah. Uh, the low poly trees and the it's not all direct uh, voxel graphics. Uh, there's uh, low poly 3D models for. Uh, the uh, environment as well it actually looks decent and this isn't their first uh, open world survival game they have one other that's um, I see it's in early access still so they may be jumping ship to another early access uh open world survival which is a little concerning
0: yeah that's uh that's no bueno
1: but it's also, well it, I guess we'll have to see how this goes but it's interesting yeah uh, uh, but this kind of uh, encapsulates the whole idea of uh, kind of the uh, the sort of subculture of ripoffs on Steam going around now. Uh, we had a thing on the docket ages ago about player unknown bitching and moaning about uh epic. whenever I first saw it, I thought he was complaining about all the ripoffs of player unknowns blank or pl- uh, uh, something similar to player unknown. And this is sort of the same idea, only this is a hell of a lot higher quality. This isn't just an asset flip, or at least it looks like it's better uh, better quality.
0: Yeah, it looks pretty good. I, uh, I'll i keep an eye on it. I put it on my wish list. I'm always up for looking for a new some sort of crafting game. Uh, okay, oh, I got God, one that. <laughs> PC building simulator. Uh, actually, that's somewhat
1: interesting because supposedly it's an a a indirect uh, announcement of some Uh, uh, computer hardware. There's some stuff in it that isn't released yet. Interesting. I just...
0: kind of think it's weird. Uh... I mean, there's simulator games for all kinds of stuff that's kind of weird, so this isn't, like, too far-fetched. But I just saw that and I was like, huh, that's interesting. It's only... 18 bucks. Uh, It's on sale right now. Launch sale. Uh, Normally 20 bucks. So... Who knows? It just kind of caught my eye. And I do enjoy building PCs in the real world, so...
1: Well, it's uh, slightly less expensive than LEGO.
0: Yeah. Sort of a way to live vicariously. (laughs) uh, In a little bit better way than just putting together a list on PC Part Picker.
1: Uh, So, I got uh, another one. Uh, My second on the uh, Discovery queue, so I'm two for two right now. Uh, Yeah, I'm actually in my second Discovery queue. Uh, T.T. Owlman, a, a road a, a, a bike racing game. It has some very mixed reviews right now, though, so that's a little concerning, but it also doesn't have many reviews. So it's uh, it only has 37 reviews total and released, uh, y- well, now technically yesterday. <laughs> but there's not many motorcycle racing games out there. There's a few, but they're usually focused on dirt bikes. So... Uh, if you're into motorcycle motorcycle racing, then there you go. It, it Graphically, it doesn't look too bad. But then again, it's a little hard to tell based on... Oh, uh, hang on. There, there, uh, it's, yeah, it's a little hard to tell just gra- uh, graphical fidelity uh, from stills because racing is always about the fluidity. No?
0: Yeah. Uh, so I got another one. Uh, Ash of God's Redemption. Uh, this is, uh, it looks like a turn-based RPG. It says it combines, uh, CCG elements and tactical combat. It looks heavily inspired by the Vikings, uh, series of games. Uh, and that's kind of why it caught my eye. I checked to see if it was the same developer. It's not. Um, but, uh, it looks interesting. I'm all about... Uh, finding fun, turn-based RPG games, strategy games, and stuff like that, so... I
1: yeah, I it. actually uh, saw this pop up uh, a little bit ago. Uh, it, it looks very Banner Saga-ish.
0: Yeah. That's that's what I was going for. Banner Saga. Although it's about Vikings, so I
1: was kinda, sorta in there. Uh, I liked the uh, trailer, the uh, cartoon. The animation. Yeah, I did... I didn't uh, not watching with uh the sound. So got a uh, c- uh deck building game, I think. Uh uh through the ages, based on uh, the legendary board game uh, classic from award-winning designer uh foreign name here. I, I don't wanna butcher ah. the name, but uh yep. Uh looks l
0: like... Shvatil? Can, can I, you I play me for sure uh, sure I got that uh for saying
1: foreign name here? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, uh deck-building board game, it looks like.
0: Yeah, that looks interesting. Uh, kind of reminds me of Seven Wonders? I believe is the board game.
1: At least visually with, like, the uh, cards uh, uh, and... Actually, I don't think it's a deck-builder, but uh, it's an interesting idea. I mean, uh, obviously the big one is uh, Tabletop Simulator, but Uh, There's definitely room for more specialized uh, rule sets, or or, yeah, uh, a lot more defined games like this. And this does have online multiplayer, and it's not that expensive, I mean, it's outside of uh, my impulse buy for a one-off game like this, particularly if I'm not a fan of it. Or, you know, a a pre-established fan, I should say. But definitely, yeah, worth a look.
0: Trying to figure out how to pronounce his last name. <laughs> so Vlada is right. Um, but I don't see a pronunciation for his last name. Oh wait, here it is. Vlada Jasi. I would have never gotten that. Vlada Jasi.
1: He's Czech, so. Mate. Uh so I got another one immediately. I'm still on my first Discovery queue, and all of them's been winners to some degree. Emergency twenty. This is a real-time strategy where you're controlling uh, emergency services during uh, 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 well emergencies. Yeah, you know, uh, riots, uh, building fires, that sort of thing. Uh-huh. I've seen uh, different versions of this pop up of, uh, with varying degrees of uh, uh, support uh, from the uh, from the from the gaming public. Yeah, I've seen this
0: game before.
1: Yeah, I've seen. Uh, I think it was older versions. I think this is a remastered of one of their old of their older versions. I mean, the idea is interesting. It just, yo, know, all comes down to the execution. Yeah. But
0: I I'm almost done with my second cue. I I got. Some of the ones that you got already, (laughs) so I just, obviously, I skipped over those. My 2nd queue Q's been much better, though.
1: Yeah, well, I got a JRPG, uh, but it's one I don't recognize offhand. I'll add it to my wishlist, but I don't think it's worth uh, uh, talking about, because I have no idea. Oh, look, a worm strip off. No, let's not. What is this?
0: Huh. (laughs) Them's them's fighting Oh, I know what that is. (laughs) I don't normally go for two fighting games.
1: This is actually very interesting. This was originally supposed to be a licensed My Little Pony fighting game, but they couldn't get the license, so they redid all the characters. (laughs) Some of the characters
0: are definitely reminiscent of My Little Pony from the screenshots, but they're not quite, you know? I, I like the look of this. Them's fighting herds. It looks like it's got some kind well, of RPG. I think it's from the
1: developers of
0: Skullgirls. Add to wishlist. I uh, just got... Developer, Mana6. That's all they've got uh, listed
1: the on Steam. Publishers Humble Bundle. I know that they have a... Uh, thing going on with Skullgirls, so uh, there's some sort of connection. Yeah, I I want this. I I just got a game that I I know is dead. The Settlers Online. I'm not going to put it in the show notes, but uh, that game is dead. Literally. I don't think you can actually play it anymore. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh.
0: I'm still watching them fighting herds, the the trailer. I just got your... uh, If
1: you're not into fighting games, I got the game for you then. Okay. Wildlife Park 2 Fantasy. <laughs> okay. I'm putting this in as a complete joke, but uh, you can uh, manage unicorns and dragons, and it looks like it's it uh, has terrible reviews. <laughs> I'm in. Uh, it says it, it only costs 99 I- cents. Actually, it says so it, actually, according to this, uh, uh, some of the reviews are saying it's DLC for another game, but it's not listed anywhere. So it's probably a DLC for Wildlife Part 2. Yeah, it is. So,
0: you can buy Wildlife Part 2 Ultimate Edition for $20, which has this DLC.
1: That, uh, this has to be a release of a very old game. Because look at the dragons. That, that's some low poly models right there.
0: Wildlife Part 2, release date May 12, 2006. Oh, there you go.
1: But, you know, that, th- there's so, yeah. your uh, uh, unicorns in case you don't want to play uh, yeah, them spying herbs.
0: Oh no, I'm definitely going to get them fighting herds. Not right now. I have other more important games. And that is uh,
1: pretty much me done.
0: Okay, so so them's fighting herds is partnering with Blaz Blue, Guilty Gear X2 and Skullgirls to get if you own those games, you get bonus cosmetic items.
1: See, I knew there was a connection, I, uh, but for some reason, I was thinking it was the uh, <laughs> uh, the actual developers. I, I, I just wow! I got a game that you recommend against. <laughs> what? I got a game that you, you got to go I look. got a game that you have a negative review on. What game is it? RPG Tycoon. It sounds oh, like a yeah, good RPG concept, Tycoon but in reality, uh, there's very little uh, to do. Uh, uh, to influence what's going on there isn't enough information on any of your hero stats to have a meaningful understanding of what's going on with them and building aspect of th- this game is my cluster at best great if you could get it really cheap but i say a dollar or otherwise less i don't
0: remember writing that review but i must have at some point
1: well either that or uh, uh kyle's hallucinating and uh, i'm uh, seeing uh, things that don't exist Actually,
0: I think it was for, like, one of my Steam uh, badges posted, or whatever. Uh, yeah,
1: uh, June 7th, uh, 2015. Yes,
0: yeah, so that would have been for one of my Steam badges. And I remember the developer, con <laughs> like, responded to my review or sent me a message or something. and was like, That's hey, mean. I fixed some of the things that you reviewed or that were in your review. You could check the game out again. And I never responded, and I never have checked the game out
1: again. But, yeah, I... I thought it was more interesting that you—it uh, was one of the four things that you would reviewed. Yep, I haven't reviewed very much. So, that's my, uh, single discovery, queue, Yeah, and I went
0: through two, but I still came up with three <laughs> games, and then I also got, uh, T.T. Isle of Man and Pixar in my second list, so.
1: Yeah, T.T. Isle of Man is. doesn't look bad, but, you know, it comes down to gameplay. Yeah.
0: So, sure. with that out of the way then, time to move on to the part of the podcast where I go first. Although I went first for games we played this week. That's never happened before, I don't think. So that was nice. But, if what, you want you to find to my stuff down? on the YouTubes... <laughs> nah. If you want to find my stuff on the YouTubes, you can do so by searching for Gaming psychologists." Uh, I had a crazy... Last week and weekend, I didn't get to work much on content like I intended to. Because of taxes, had some weird taxes this year filing as, uh, what is it, a 1C or a C3? Bingo. Whatever it is, you're a sole proprietor of a small business. um, Because I opened my own clinic last year. And then there was also some weird stuff from when I was working for Omni as well for all of last year. It, It was insane. Um, so I, I lost like my weekend (laughs) Sunday was going to be a nice relaxing day to play some video games and maybe do some writing or recording. And uh, Katie was like, Hey, did you get this thing done on our taxes? I was like, it wasn't on my list of things. She was like, Oh, well I need that. And I was like, well, there went my afternoon. So that was how my last week went. Uh, but that's out of the way. So hopefully I can get back to doing some stuff this week. But other than the podcast and divinity, and I need to do another batch of KerbalCast episodes. I haven't done one in a couple of weeks, so I'll do that. Make sure some KerbalCast. Well, to goes be up. fair, Biff Otherwise, has though, uh, done
1: uh, have, has it done a batch of KerbalCast in even longer.
0: That's true. It's been years for them. So uh, yeah, I'll I'll be sure and do some of that stuff. If you want to follow me on Twitter, where you can see me tweet about all kinds of things, you can do so by following at jma four seven zero seven. If you want to watch me stream games on Twitch or stream other content on Twitch, because I'm using the Twitch Premiere system and the rerun system. Yeah, like we're on Twitch to, right now. We well, are. Not we are now, uh, now,
1: but future now. Or past yes, now. I, now I've gone cross-eyed.
0: But I'm running the premieres and the reruns and posting just more content live on Twitch. And I have... My average is almost enough to where I can be a Twitch affiliate and then start doing subscriptions and ads and all sorts of things that I'm not quite sure how I'm going to incorporate yet, but surprisingly, Twitch seems to do better than my YouTube channel ever did. So that's interesting. You're you're making me want
1: to push ahead plans because I am planning on doing some Twitch stuff in the future.
0: It's it's a strange thing. Twitch has gotten really popular in the last few months. I mean, Twitch has always been popular, um, but it seems like there are it's a a yeah, wider uh, well, Twitch audience is also is now very coming different to Twitch. content
1: because uh I think Rimworld would actually fit better on Twitch than it does my YouTube channel but YouTube does uh, yeah is something I could pre-cook.
0: Yeah. Um but uh yeah, Twitch seems to fit the style of content that we normally produce better based on the numbers that I'm what, seeing. What long form
1: random bullshit? Uh, Twitch uh, Twitch is better yeah. for that. Who knew?
0: People, people seem to like long-form random bullshit on Twitch a lot better. So well, I hope you're
1: linking to well, our stuff right. properly.
0: I am. I am. I made sure to put links to the the VGL podcast at podbean.com. Ding. Uh, or VGL podcast at podbean.com. Whatever. I I checked it a little while ago. There were two viewers watching last week's podcast, and there are still two viewers watching last week's podcast, although I can't tell if it's the same two. or At least with that I, attitude. You know. People left and came back. See, what we're going to have to do
1: is we're going to have to get the tranquilizer gun. We're going to have to uh, trank them and then put radio uh, collars on them.
0: Going to have to go hunt these people (laughs) down. Um, But yeah, the reruns and thing and premieres and things of uh, the Torchlight 2 stuff that I recorded and streamed while we were doing uh, gameplay testing has gotten something like 20 something views a piece um like you know two or three or four at a time but every time i run a rerun i'll get two or three or four
1: uh what section are you so, putting it under
0: uh well the podcast goes under the irl section because there's no real good place to put the podcast i tried putting it under like a game but i was worried that i would get reported yeah, because or something. it's not
1: gameplay footage
0: Right. So, I've got the podcast in IRL, but the actual games just go under whatever their game is. But my average viewers is still at two, and you have to have an average viewers of three. But I'm getting larger, like, bursts of viewers, and I'm not sure how it calculates the average. Um, But, like, I had seven viewers on my last stream, which last stream includes reruns and premieres. But whatever. We're I'm getting off in the weeds again. Twitch.tv slash 4707 I'm trying to work much harder on posting things there. And when life whatever well, now that taxes are settled, because we turned in all of our stuff today to our tax person. Uh I'm gonna try and start streaming solo regularly on Saturday or Monday or Friday. I haven't quite worked it out yet, but Thursday nights is going to remain a community stream night, and then another night, I want to try and start doing variety streams and actually be live. If you want to be friends with me on Steam, however, I accept all friend requests from our podcast listeners. My Steam username is jarthur four seven zero seven, and I look forward to having a conversation with you.
1: And if you were to let them know exactly what episode of the podcast you're coming from, the password for this week is... Gangplank. Gangplank.
0: I would have gladly walked
1: (laughs) it. So, my channel, I didn't do the Sunday sample last week because more recent titles were either shit, as the three uh, highlights were, or just weren't uh, really compatible, you know? Uh, th- because i have some stuff that uh it doesn't make good video content you know like uh will uh, wonderful world for example where it's uh, tough to do it's t- it's too wordy to be uh, to run like i do a visual novel but it's not uh you know visual enough to really be a video either it's weird and there's no uh spoken content whatsoever so I had some of that, some just utter crap uh, RPG maker stuff, and so I just, I originally was starting to set up for the some of the filler content, but I realized I didn't have the proper assets for it, so I decided to spend the day, start making uh, channel assets and uh, planning that out. So that's what happened Sunday. Uh, I've really been sitting down and reconsidering my Civ game because I'm in a position where it's just not fun you know it's that mid-game uh, grind and I think I'm going to drop it and start playing something else uh, partly due to viewer count partly just due to having another bad map and that was my fourth in a row that was either a horrendous start no resources nearby or what um, you know maybe I just had bad luck on the map generation maybe the game just hates me or maybe I just have, uh, it. Uh, that Civ is a better streaming game anyway. So uh, I'm going to replace that. I actually got review code for a well, a little bit of an older game that I wasn't actually expecting getting code for. So I'm going to do that instead. I did a quick test run to make sure everything works properly. I just need to sit down and record it probably this week. Rimworld is still my number one uh well let's play priority though because that's one that actually gets a little bit of views and uh still really enjoy Rimworld. So uh Wallop is still going strong. Uh we've uh, only had two deaths in the uh, co- uh in the community so far. So yay. You get that going for nice. you. Hey, Which we got nice. rid of the uh of that annoying nudus. Yeah, you know, uh, wanting because he had to wear armor well uh so you know got rid of him uh started to recruit more people uh building up defenses you know waiting for the game to utterly screw me over but that's the life of Rimworld or really any of these survival based uh, uh well base builders so uh rim still ongoing uh divinity still ongoing i have all the stuff uh, that we've done uh, rendered up and ready to go we didn't record last week though so we're going to have to work extra hard this week
0: yeah i was again that was the day that i was wiped i didn't sleep good that night and then i had yeah, to so, taxes uh, so we all just goofed off
1: uh, I, I think it was for the best because uh, you were kind of out of it yeah and and you're on one day so uh, that was the focus there and i think it was the right call besides we still have a fair amount of uh, backlogged uh, divinity and really should sit down and start talking about our replacement even though we still have a while to get through the divinity have a few ideas we had uh, ideas from before we have uh, new things that's popped up since then so we'll have to figure that one out uh in the not too distant future we still have what two three months of divinity though Probably. At yeah, least. we're looking at probably summer till uh, we get rid of Divinity. I'm thinking shorter game next time. What about you? Definitely a shorter game next time. <laughs> but to be fair, I think about anything is shorter than Divinity. Uh, but Sunday Sampler should return this week. I've actually gotten a few interesting things, and I showed Jared one of the things that I can't do because of just hardware limitations, and he laughed his ass off. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, uh, what was it? The American Dream? Uh, it's a yeah. VR game I that got was a hold an- of. Uh, it's a hilarious uh, parody. So go check that out if you have VR soft- uh, VR hardware. Jim. Even if you don't, go watch a trailer for it somewhere. <laughs>
0: it's amazing. Uh, I laughed so hard.
1: Yeah, you laughed so hard that you started coughing and snorting. It was hilarious. Not squeaky. Yeah, no though. squeaky.
0: Uh,. If I if I cut that story out and put it into a Franken-episode, people are going to be really confused by
1: <laughs> Squeaky. Or will they? Yeah, they would. <laughs> mm. uh, but, yeah, uh, I have a couple ideas of what I could do. Uh, I'm also going to be working on the uh, channel assets to be able to do more editorial, You know, setting down and really discussing some of the stuff from the journal topics list. So when we eventually get to that in the journal topics list, I may be slightly more coherent to my thoughts. Yeah, slightly, but you can find that uh, over on gaming with caffeine Rage, or just see me tweet about who knows what over at gaming with CR. And while we're doing links to things, uh, once again, BGL podcast at gmail.com with your letters, voicemails, gaming related topics, or just tweet them to us at BGL Podcast on the twitter our patreon is patreon.com slash Podcast, which has helped pay for our podbean account which is vglpodcast.podbean.com which hosts our rss feed and the show notes for all the random nonsense that we've done we're, we're not putting show notes for our random nonsense are we no uh, or you can just find us on iTunes, Google Play, or, once again, our YouTube channels. Our intro and outro music is On the Ground by Kevin McElroy. You can find his work at Incompetech.com, as well as doobly-doo for our Discovery Q.
0: And, as always, as his lovely music starts to roll across my voice,
1: buh-bye now. Oh, wow, we are just shy of four hours, and we went way off topic. bye bye <laughs>